Well, hey there, and welcome once again to the Great Stories Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Weber, the uh, founder of the program. Sounds so official when I say it like that. And uh, what you're listening to is, this is my show. This is a testimony program uh, where I sit across the table from another human being, and I get to know who they are, uh, ask them about their life, here are the highs and here's the lows. But most importantly, we talk about how people came to know Christ and just what it has looked like in the context of their real life to get to know him, to follow him, and uh, to figure out who this this God is. Uh, these are unscripted, unedited conversations with people who follow a, a real God in their real life. Uh, it's my hope that these are encouraging to believers uh, and unbelievers alike, that uh, just hearing real people's stories about following Christ uh, just would be an inspiration to you from one end to the other. Super fun to record. So glad you are listening. Uh, if you can go ahead and give this show uh, a high rating on the Apple Podcast or the Stitcher or the Google Play Music, whatever platform you listen to it on, if you give it a good rating, give it a little comment on there, it'll just help it to show up sooner as people are searching for new podcasts. That's how the thing works. And uh, I'm just excited to have this show growing as it is and getting out there to more ears. As I, again, I just want people to hear these stories about this amazing God of ours. Uh, you can follow the show on Facebook. Just search for The Great Stories Podcast there. And of course, uh, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on the show. Uh, shoot me an email at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this week, is a little different. Uh, my guest is somebody that is not unfamiliar to the show. It's me. <laughs> I finally managed to convince myself to come on my own show. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of the testimony recording guy now, and uh, I hadn't been on my own show yet, so uh, it was a step of obedience for me. I was a little nervous about it. I, I didn't realize, like... Uh, how nerve-wracking it can be to come on to my own program <laughs> so thank you so much to those of you who've been willing to come on so far uh, but this was really fun i invited uh, one of my first guests justin abelay to come back and interview me we had a great time uh, it was a good long talk uh, I i've actually never heard myself say all of the things that i said all at once and it was a real joy to be able to get this all out there and I just hope that my story is an encouragement to folks uh, that I know, as, as it is to folks that I don't. And, um, well, hey, I guess, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let myself speak for myself. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as we enjoyed recording it. Here we go. to glorify you we're here to see um, your spirit move God even in the midst of these conversations that we're having God uh, we thank you for uh, uh, Ryan Lord um, how you how you've used him um, in the resonate church body God how you used him at work Lord and um, we're gonna hear more of that here tonight um, God and uh, may everyone that's been that's listening to this or it's uh, logging on right now or just uh, listening to the podcast god I, I pray lord that um they would hear um just your um 
your your goodness that you are you are more than we could ever imagine um, that our sins are greater than we can ever thank God yet your your love is greater than than that it covers everything Jesus and, um, as Ryan is sharing his story that we would uh, hear that tonight Lord in your name we pray Jesus amen amen so you want to kick this off or you want I mean I'm kind of like the new guy I know I'm, I'm actually surprisingly nervous <laughs> to be on my own thing yeah I uh, you know um, I've had to like do some arm twisting with several people mm. like to get them on the show like mm -hmm. come on it'll be great now you know why there's people that want to hear your story like yeah. it's gonna be a blessing yeah. but I haven't done it and yeah. so it was like kind of an obedience thing sure on my part it's like I'm I'm the testimony guy right yeah. Yeah. so I guess we kind of have to do it <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to. I mean, this people are want it, they're gonna want to know yeah and so uh, so yeah so for those of you that are uh, listening in um, my name is Justin I'm, I'm actually the guest host uh, tonight um, Ryan was gracious enough to um, allow me to interview him um, you get to hear your story tonight, man. Yeah. And uh, um, just all the cool things. I'm, I'm probably going to learn. I mean, I've known you for a while, but I'm probably going to learn even uh, more things about you yeah. <laughs> through this. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, like, uh, you've had a crazy summer. No um, kidding. Tell me about it. It's still crazy. It's hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm holding an, an ice pack on. <laughs> on my lap because i don't do heat very well i'm trying not to move I, so i don't sweat so i'm going to be very still like just like a statue so you know how they tell you that if you have a like a big turkey that okay. it, it takes longer to like thaw it out okay i i yeah. think it's similar with me but in the other direction where like once <laughs> once i get hot it just takes forever to cool off it's a, it's a, a surface area yeah to mass ratio yeah. kind of thing i just don't have enough skin mm -hmm. to cool the yeah yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the inner turkey but my, my problem is is uh when it gets hot i have like this weird nose so like my glasses tend to do this oh, so you're so, doing this all day yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> by the end of the interview it's gonna be like that just like hey so ryan tell me about in a little puddle yeah it's like what's wrong with my nose yeah, this has been a, a crazy busy summer, man. I've, I've, it's hard to like keep track of everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, on one hand, just doing regular ministry has been uh, sort of a sprint in a lot of ways. Okay. Because the, so I run the grade school ministry, mm -hmm. but during the summer, I, I'm, I'm very wary of leader burnout, right? And so something we've done for the last four or five years is, is give our regular school year staff the summer off because mm -hmm. they I mean they show up every week and they show up to all of our events and everything yeah and you know just you know dealing with kids is a lot of work it takes a lot of energy and if we push them right through summer by the time fall comes the school year starts again they're tired mm -hmm. and a lot of them take vacations anyway so the staffing is really inconsistent anyhow um, this year are we we like to fill the spots with like uh normal normal people i guess what would you call them <laughs> like churchgoers who serve for the summer mm -hmm. and this year the signups for that were super low yeah okay um which just means that 
you know, myself and, and just a couple other people have to do a lot more <laughs> running around. So Sundays are just exhausting. Yeah. Because we're not going to sacrifice the program. Mm-hmm. You know, I what, what I tell people is that our, our staffing might take the summer off, but the devil doesn't. Mm. And he still wants to eat our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to stay there and we're going to fight him. Yeah. It just means <laughs> I'm going to be a lot more tired. Mm. But that's okay. Like That's what we got to do. We're going to yeah. do it. Um, I went to the the Vegas mission trip with Amplify. Yeah, I saw that's that. A, that's a long trip, you know. And yep. I, you know, I guess if people want to listen to it, it's two episodes back. Uh, is kind of the Vegas experience and mm-hmm. another just so fruitful, so exhausting. Yeah, so hot. Mm. Vegas is just. I don't know how there are homeless people there. That the thing. thing yeah, they just sit there in the sun. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Vegas is like south of hell. Yeah, right. It's like hell had a had a little baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My family lives out there, and it's like oh. summertime. It's just, you know, it's ridiculous. It's 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 a desert. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. Yeah. So yeah, that, it's crazy. So you guys are out there doing things and sweating it yeah. up. Yeah. Street ministry, yeah. basically bringing food to people. Yeah. Doing block parties, trying to talk to people on the strip. Mm. That talking to people on the strip about Jesus is one of the just most intimidating and i would say one of the least fruitful like immediately fruitful things because i mean thousands of people walk by and maybe at the end of the night between everybody that was there like oh i had one good conversation he had one yeah it's like wow like out of all these people it's like just one yeah that's all we had was like two conversations we got 50 people out there Mm -hmm. so that was that was cool and that's, you know, I, I don't get paid to do Amplify, the high school stuff. I consider that my volunteer ministry. Okay. So that, you know, so that that's bonus and that's on top of the other ministry and I have to miss a Sunday for it. So I got to mm-hmm. cover myself in all yeah, these yeah. spots with people who don't exist. And yeah. So that was fun. Um, and then... Uh, that was like June? That was, was the middle of, middle of June. Middle yeah. June. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then... Yeah, there's other events that pop up here and there, but mm-hmm. then I'd, I'd say the the last couple of weeks has been just a, a total sprint. Yeah, you know, up up until right now, because mm-hmm. we had our the grade school ministry does this thing called summer adventure camp. Yeah, and we had uh, 124 kids okay. uh, for the Fremont version, and then Hayward had 100. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to that one, but it's the same. You know, we do it two weeks in a row, two yeah. different spots. Yep, and that was so fun and just incredibly like to, to watch the spiritual formation of the kids that go to these camps mm. it's crazy awesome what does that look like like what do you mean spiritual formation like do they there's something about going to camp that it's like a like a full immersion mm-hmm. like if they tell you if you want to learn spanish like go live in caracas for a year mm-hmm. and you'll be fluent you know and, and it, it's kind of like that because you, you think about a lot of these kids were our kids, maybe two-thirds of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know them, yeah. and probably one-third of them are kids we don't know, either, you know, just from schools or invites, or they might not be churched at all. Okay. But either way, assuming a kid shows up to church every week, we only get, you know, 72 minutes a week mm-hmm. with them. And those aren't all jam-packed minutes. Sometimes they show up late. You know, oh, we're doing a game. Oh, yeah. and it's it's very spread out. It's inconsistent. A lot of times it feels like on a Sunday we'll take, you know, 
a step forward mm-hmm. and then just most of a step back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to build momentum. Sure. But yeah. when you get people, it's like, I see you Monday for eight hours. You go to bed, you wake up, and I see you again. Mm-hmm. And you almost pick up the next morning right where you left off. So really, over the course of five days, you've got more time, can, you know, just cumulative time than you have with the whole rest of the year. Yeah. Assuming they come every week on a Sunday, which most families don't. By the end of that week, you know, these kids look at their leaders like they're the best friends. Mm. You know, they're these themes that we talk about through the week really start to land and make sense with them. They have time to think about it and process it. And it's not unusual for out of 120 kids for us to see, you know, 10, 12, 15 kids say like, yeah, I want to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we'll have, you know, this year we had like 24 or five of of our church kids who say, I already follow Christ. They say, I want to take another step closer toward him. Mm. And we're... We're very careful because a lot of times people talk about how, like, oh, I, I made the decision to follow Christ when I was in first grade, third grade, fifth grade, oh, seventh okay. grade, yeah. ninth grade, and then finally in college. Mm-hmm. So we're we're very careful to make sure the kids like like they know actually what they're saying. Yeah, and and they're they're encouraged to say no. Like the right answer is no if it's true. Mm-hmm. Like because. There's a big risk with the kids, like, you're their hero. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to give you what you want to hear. So if they think, oh, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. Yeah. Or if those, the yeah. friends are all saying yes. Then they, yeah. 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 So that's, anyway, it's that that kind of thing. There's uh, some families that were super impacted by it. Okay. There's one in particular where she, uh, it's, it's a family that goes to our church, and they have a special needs daughter. Mm-hmm. And they have other kids who are in our ministries. And... Uh, this was the f- the one of the first camps like this that has offered a special needs section okay. where we had people who were going to actually just take care of those kids. And I remember the, the, the mom brings her on the first day and was asking, like, you know, what do you need me to do? Where should I be for the day? Mm-hmm. And, and she didn't realize that we were talking about, like, you know, you leave, yeah. <laughs> and we take care of your daughter. Yeah, there's parts she's like hesitant. And, yeah, we'll yeah. involve her in all these different things, and we like we know what we're doing. We have a professional, like this is what she does. This mm-hmm. is her job. She's yeah. going to take care of your daughter. Yeah, like you can bring lunch. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's complicated, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just blown away. She yeah. couldn't believe it. Okay, she started crying right there in front oh, of the wow. church, just like I. I had no idea that this was possible for my daughter. Mm. Like, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, by the end of the week, she's bringing us spring rolls and, like, oh, wow. so just blown away, appreciative. Yeah. The next week, she uh, she calls one of our our birth to kinder leaders and tells her, like, I, I want to serve in your ministry. Like, I want to lead mm-hmm. one of the small groups. Can I be a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, for your kids? Like, yeah. just what, one kid, one leader, and one mom. Like yeah. that's just one story, and we got a hundred and twenty something kids there. Yeah, and I wish I knew all the stories, but mm-hmm. is that like a like a a common thing that you'll see? You know, kids are coming to you know Sunday morning or to these events, and all of a sudden you never seen their parents before, and all of a sudden they start popping up, coming <coughs> to church on yeah. a Sunday, or just yeah. engaging, wanting to know more what's going on. Right. You know, there's a lot of families that they kind of. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's not consumer, but they're looking for a spot for their kids first. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like they want to, like their priority 
is I, I want my kid to like church. I want them to want to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to like get involved until I know that, you know, little Johnny boy likes it. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of cases where I, I'll know their kids for two years and I'll see the parents, you know, mm-hmm. shake their hand and high five, you know, but don't really hear much from them until, until the kid starts to feel plugged in and starts to grow. And, and it's a lot of times these camps mm-hmm. where, where we get to really learn like who the parents are. And, yeah. and it's through that stuff that, you know, I, I have a couple parents right now that seems like they came out of nowhere. I've known their kids for three years mm-hmm. and just this year, it's like they're in mm-hmm. okay. like so in that they're doing things. They didn't ask them to do yeah. like <laughs> sending me emails like, Hey, I was thinking about this thing coming up and, you know, I was wondering, like, what, what? I just wrote some ideas down about, yeah. <laughs> like, this. And I opened this email, and it's this, like, gorgeous thing laid mm-hmm. out, like, you could run this better than I can. Like, yeah. come on in. It's like their their mind's ticking now. Like, yeah. There's, there's ways that they can be a part of what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And then, uh, just last week, I was at the, the Amplify High School uh, yeah. summer camp. Yeah. Where... <laughs> It was a it was a heck of an undertaking. It, it looked like we, you guys just kind of like hung out in like one like beach area. And yeah, well, kind of like we we rented four in the mud. four houseboats in Shasta Lake. Okay, four ski boats, and we found this great flat like beach area. It was mm-hmm. very muddy. Yeah, I got very muddy. Yep, saw that. <laughs> yeah. yep. And uh, I think we had eighty high schoolers out there yeah. 12 13 adults we cooked our own food mm-hmm. you know just mm-hmm. it, it was a crazy undertaking mm-hmm. there were some difficulties mm-hmm. <laughs> almost almost everything that we rented broke down at some point yeah okay. so like the 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 mechanics from the marinas were there every day fixing uh, something and so these were rented from the lake area yeah in, okay yeah one of the, there's I, I don't know couple dozen marinas there that you can okay. rent houseboats and all that sure okay. so we did that um there was a just a sudden lightning thunderstorm in the middle of the night on on like our second night there <laughs> and the time it could not have been worse because because we we're looking at the maps and like oh i i think it might miss us we're looking mm-hmm. at the doppler mm-hmm. like i think it's okay but if it does come it'll be at like 2 a.m so we're gonna do this this fun game at midnight that kids don't know about mm-hmm. and then you know by two we'll be done we'll sleep inside it'll be fine and so we set this game up and and the game is where like it's basically a, a sort of a capture the flag tag sort of thing yeah okay where the kids are all over here and they're trying to get over here mm-hmm. and all the leaders are in between you know trying to tag them out yeah. and, and all that it's like a but it's pitch black it's i mean there's no lights there mm-hmm. and so we we lead all the kids into the forest <laughs> deep into the woods okay right <laughs> and and their job is to try to get back <laughs> and okay. it's dark and we're after them mm-hmm. and then right basically right as they're at, at the beginning of the game all the students that want to play are, are like off in the woods somewhere mm-hmm. this storm just oh my gosh <laughs> lightning every 10 seconds it's yeah. just mm-hmm. it's like something out of a movie yeah, like uh, Hunger Games. <laughs> and all the leaders were like, oh, no. <laughs> like, this is bad. It's not going to miss us. It's right on top of us. Yeah. So we're scrambling to get all the bags. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's luggage is sitting outside. We brought a, oh a drum set, a 
bass, lead, guitar, microphones, mm-hmm. a soundboard, you know, big speakers mm-hmm. and covering all that and everything's getting wet and muddy and in the meantime like the kids don't know like we've called the game off but they don't know no one can hear anything Mm because it's raining and windy and lightning and Mm -hmm. thunder and every time they see one of us they run away (laughs) because that's part of the game so we're just like no come back and they think now you're you're tricking us it's like oh my gosh what a disaster some of them said it was the best night ever well, of course, are going to say that. Other ones would not go outside to save their life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that was crazy. So, how did you? Did the storm just pass, and everyone just eventually came out of the woods, or did you do a head count? <laughs> yeah, but eventually everyone, you know, everyone came back, and everyone like checks their group. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, everyone's here. Go to bed. Okay. We'll, we'll see what flipped over and blew away in the morning. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> it was fun though. We almost lost one of the houseboats in the middle of it. I. Right when we were going to say go, I was like, you know what? I'm going to check the the boats to make sure the, the mooring is good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd hate for the ladies' boat to drift off into the lake. Yeah, in the middle yeah. of the lake. And sure enough, one of them was starting to move oh, around and wow. pull off of its mooring. So, in the, in, it, I felt it was like a movie, dude. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's lightning, thunder. I'm getting soaked, and I'm out there yeah. with this giant stake and a and a hammer, just ding, yeah. ding. All you need is like ding. dramatic music in the background. I heard it. Yeah. Oh, you I heard, heard it. it. Okay, yeah. In my soul. It, yeah. <laughs> Some so, underscoring going on there in your head. But I saved the boat. Okay. <laughs> Felt good about that. <laughs> and then, yeah, what a mess. Wow. But that was another camp where we had kids that we never met before come mm-hmm. to the summer camp. Yeah. Okay. You know, and they don't know anyone. They feel weird and awkward. And yeah. Like friends invited them. And, I mean, yeah. Yeah. They don't know about this Jesus thing. Like mm-hmm. I've been to church, but not, you know, and by the end of it, they're, they're just talking about how, like, I feel like I'm family, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't know about Jesus before, but I, you know, I, th- I want to know more. I want to yeah. follow him. I'm going to keep coming. Like you guys are my friends now. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. You know? And again, it's, you don't get that, that, contiguous time mm-hmm. unless you go to these camps and it's yeah hugely impacting to me too like you, you can't go to something like that and not be affected mm-hmm. like it, it's amazing yeah but i got beat up okay i got holes in my fingers i got a hole in my arm just from like <laughs> random things i'm finding or? bruises all over myself okay, i feel yeah. like like a like a like i got beat up and i have amnesia <laughs> So you have no idea what this what the scar came from. I know a few of them are from mud wrestling. Okay. Yeah. And the other ones are just from. I don't know. Random. Yeah, just hitting things. Got, just <laughs> got me. But. So what what's what's going on from now until the end of the year? What's on your plate for twenty nineteen? Yeah, for this ministry, um, or just for yourself and ministry. So a couple things for me, um, just personally speaking and this this will kind of go into my story later a little bit but i feel like uh i'm heading into another kind of growth season okay personally yeah um not not to say that i'm, I'm feeling stagnant but i, I feel like there's a, a pressure building in me mm-hmm. to turn a page and it's it's sort of an uncomfortable feeling yeah because I'm I'm a planner, mm-hmm. and I want to know what's ahead of you. I want to know what's yep. ahead. What's what's next? What should I be prepping for? You know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking five years ahead, and the five years ahead is totally foggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I'm I just want I want to be available to learn, mm-hmm. 
and whatever that looks like whether it's you know there's an option to go back to school which i'm considering okay there, there's options uh you know within the church to to pursue you know um whatever next steps are there i don't even know mm-hmm. you know but I, i'm i'm ready for what that is yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> i'm ready to find out okay and in my experience god usually makes me wait a good deal of time after i think i'm ready yeah for yeah. what's next he's like no you're not you still have to go through this and that so you know yeah. man my my personal plans are always up in the air yeah because every time i've made them they change it, it changes yeah so i'm just like okay yeah. my plan is to be ready mm-hmm. and to be teachable and to be willing okay and see what happens <laughs> okay. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that i, I want to yeah. want to dig into that a little bit more yeah but you like you just described like a bunch of like craziness that's been going on with yeah with like the youth and like your joy i can i mean i can just tell like you love it yeah you know and in, in addition to that you're you're creating this platform for people to come and share their stories yeah like like walk me through how did that start and yeah like like what's been going on like what has there been any like moments where you're just like dang i can't believe like i'm learning this and, <laughs> i know you know it's so like, weird it's so crazy <laughs> like i didn't think it's gonna be like where it's at now today and it's really weird you know now we're giving getting your story and it's just yeah you know on top of everything else you got going on right so yeah it's sort of a hobby yeah. really what it ends up being it you know it came out of uh, uh a love for audio mm, okay podcasts in, in particular I'm I'm not a big reader. Um, I've always had a hard time reading. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time learning to read. I, I was on on the cusp of special ed when when it came to language skills. Okay. So just reading books is like it's like a workout for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean I'll, I'll I'll do it, but I absorb much better audio. So mm-hmm. I just I latched as soon as like podcasts became a thing, mm-hmm. and I realized like wow I could just listen to this stuff for free like whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Like yes I'm all over it, and I yeah. I drive trucks. So I'll push play, and you spend 10 hours listening to this show and that show. Yeah. So I loved it. And I think by far my favorite shows are the just the real long-form conversational style ones because mm-hmm. they're, they're less scripted. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, a product that you're being presented. Yeah. Like you're, you're just invited into someone's brain, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that process is really fun for me. Yeah. But... Um, I was looking for uh, a show like this because I, I listened to one of my favorite ones is like the, the Joe Rogan show. Okay. Um, but he doesn't get into faith stuff or politics really until mm-hmm. recently. But you know, and and I was like, man, it'd be cool if we had like that show, but where people like told their testimony. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. So yeah. I was looking all over for it, and I could not find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said like. Okay, I wonder how hard would it be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to, like do your own and see what happens. How hard would it be to do it? Yeah. So I started looking, you know, googling a lot, okay, YouTubing a lot. Like, yeah. how how do you even do that? Can yeah. someone like me just do this? And yeah. I found out that like it's shockingly easy. Mm-hmm. Like you just start creating things. Yeah. And then one one of the harder parts was to learn how to like how to how to record decent audio and. 
mixing it through the computer programs and uploading it here download it like all that stuff is totally foreign to me Mm -hmm. and it's like like, learned on your own and yeah well and you can hear if you go back to like episode one Mm -hmm. oh yeah the audio sucked it was I didn't know what I was doing yet. Like mm-hmm. a, that was like my first attempt at yeah. <laughs> recording a two-hour thing with DJ. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and since then, really, I mean, what what I was looking for was I want to hear the gospel, mm. but I want to hear it totally raw, unedited, unreviewed. What is your experience with it? Mm-hmm. And that that's hard to find a lot of times, and and it's a little awkward even for Christian folk a lot of times. It's hard to find like having someone tell it. Or yeah. Just, okay. Ha- having someone willing like, hey, will you sit down for two hours and tell me everything about you? Oh, like yeah, that's just yeah. it's it's a very unlikely conversation. Yeah, especially in like today's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just odd. Yeah. And and so, just having recorded these things, I've gotten to do that, you know, twenty times. Mm-hmm whatever but then there's you know um, my hope is that other people will also get to experience what it's like to follow christ through someone else's eyes yeah and that you know people who are believers would be encouraged by it mm-hmm. um maybe people who believe but are maybe kind of pulled back from religion because mm-hmm. and and you hear this because it's full of phonies because mm-hmm. it's hypocritical because yeah. all the criticisms of the big church you know mm-hmm that's hard to it's hard to lay that criticism over one person who's telling you here's what Jesus is to me mm-hmm. like you you can't argue with that yeah and it's my hope that hearing other people's stories would unlock uh, a rekindling mm-hmm. for those people and then you know for for the the non-believer non-church person it's kind of the same thing where it it's so hard to hear someone's genuine take on something mm-hmm. and say you know, you might say, like, I, I don't believe what they believe, but it's hard to say that they don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least you yeah. believe this, and your life is different from before to now. Mm-hmm. Like, something's happening there. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the most powerful thing anyone has to say. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be a polished evangelist, you know, to just say what, tell me your story. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. And, it, you know, it's my hope that, that this show just blows up mm-hmm. yeah you know not not so that i could be something but just because this, this message is powerful yeah just to see like the idea yeah people sharing stories yeah yeah has, has there been any i mean not to give names but has there been any like moments where things are being shared and you're like wow that's like super encouraging i'm blessed by this yeah oh gosh um like anything that stands out to you even at, at this moment i i think the maybe the last one or two that i did in okay. vegas yeah the one in vegas yeah okay. that i mean especially uh when, when i was talking to christina mm-hmm. i like that's the closest i've come to just totally losing it mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't i mean it wasn't because it's so tragic yeah or you know turbulent or whatever it, it was just the there's like a rawness to it gosh like yeah. i've I, I i think i've rarely been in the presence of maybe one or two other people that i thought were as anointed mm. as as she was mm-hmm. and just feeling like like these are like christ is in this person mm-hmm. t- 
talking to me. Yeah. And like just her, she's well, she's like 22 years old. Yeah. Her perspective on the gospel and her opinion about this and how she's just so like gospel centered. Yeah. I was just like, I was blown away by that. I, yeah. I couldn't, I had to like take a nap <laughs> when I was done with that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah. And there's a couple others that, that have just talked about just stuff that they've gone through that mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, have, I know nothing of that. How did you survive? Yeah. Let alone now you're looking back at it with this perspective and you're so strong yeah it's just it's it blows me away yeah. just to see that this these changes cannot be explained by self-help or positive thinking mm-hmm. or tricking yourself like mm-hmm. this is this is this is a, a changed human mm-hmm. like you have a new identity mm-hmm. and that, that just doesn't happen unless what they're saying is true yeah from one end to the other yeah. that's humbling yeah okay okay yeah and and going forward like you said you wanted this you were hoping that this would you know expand out yeah like do you have certain individuals or types of folks that you want to connect with and bring onto the show um earlier you and i were talking about like your coworker, but i mean those are like certain like groups of people that you want to bring on and get their perspective on things or just talk to them or is it just like whoever yeah i want one of each Okay. <laughs> and, okay. A hand, and a handful of some. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I think there are, you know, if, if I could pick one category that it, that it seems like I, I want to reach, gosh, I, I want to say all of them, but it's, it's the, the people that have been hurt by church. Oh, okay. There's something about that that just resonates with me. Mm-hmm where like they they believed they went they started to go they, they went but through everything and like if, something happened for some reason somebody did something they yeah. got hurt and they've, they've just been far away mm. um and wow. okay i just i want to encourage those people to take another run at it i guess you know mm-hmm. like it, it's not over mm-hmm. cuz that's hard yeah it's almost harder to talk to a, a hurt Christian than it is to talk to a non-Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of times the hurt Christian has, like, just some legitimate criticisms of mm-hmm. the church, or at least the church they came from. Right. And you're like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make that go away. Right. And they they know the lingo. Yeah. Like, you might say something that... Is very familiar to them. Right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah I, I know that, but that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, right. Yeah, doesn't solve anything. That's yeah. That's that's actually pretty good. Like, I would like to see, I like to hear that and see that. Yeah. On this show, if there's anybody, I mean, anyone listening that wants to join on, and please do. Uh, yeah, please. I, please I say it mind. at the beginning of every show. Yeah. If you want to come on, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I. Yeah. If if there's anyone out there, I would love to hear more on that. And you know that there's another category of people that's very specific, and I think that's my own family, oh, and just friends okay. that that I've known from before. Hopefully, that are either watching or going to listen. I invited them too, because mm-hmm. um, I I think and you'll hear through my story that they they would be very surprised mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways to yeah. hear the things that I have to say. Yeah, and I think uh, without hearing the whole story. Uh, it's easy to dismiss mm-hmm. 
until hopefully they're they're willing to sit there for a couple hours to figure out like what actually happened to Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Where did he go? Yeah. Well, let's let's get into that. Like. Yeah. Like, I want to know. Was there ever a little Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, growing up, I mean, were you ever my size? I mean, is that, is that yes? Is, okay, for good. a minute. Okay, <laughs> just okay. so for a minute. Okay, maybe as you were like <laughs> yeah. walking somewhere and just shot up. No, but like yeah. just growing up, like you know, what was what was the world like? What was going on back then? What was what, yeah? What was your home life like? So it, it was the early eighties. Okay, eighty two. Yep. Like a Stranger Things type of feel right now. I yes, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. And I didn't realize how weird the 80s were until the late into the 90s. And I was <laughs> like, huh, okay. <laughs> Pretty yeah, weird. I yeah. get it. I yeah. get it Even now. the music is a little awkward. Because people always talk about the 80s. Like, what's wrong with the 80s? And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. We're trying, to be, we're trying to be futuristic, but we're not. Firebirds and big hair. <laughs> the pants and all that. Aquanet and for I, days in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, I look at my, like, the haircut I had in fourth grade was yeah. basically a... a pompadour with a mullet on them it was oh, cool nice. man yeah. it, was, it was a big deal but when i was in sixth grade my sister made me get a uh flat top with a mullet like long in the back because her her boyfriend had that yeah and i was like what is it business in the front party in the back <laughs> yep and yep it, it just i just look stupid uh, turtleneck with the sweater i mean look. nobody knew I, no one told him i guess i someone should have told somebody yeah. like hey this is weird but stop I, it but is there anything today that would that we would look back and be like, like that was a dumb. Oh, it's the sagging pants. Okay, that's got to be it. Yeah, it looks like you just got off the toilet. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I'm gonna, I gotta go drive now, but I'm walking out like I just got off the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I have so <laughs> many thoughts on that. I, I just <laughs> and there's still a belt on too. That's. We have to, otherwise they go down all the way. Like, it that. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I, like, you have to wear boxer shorts under them. And then I, I don't see it that often. I could never do it. I don't see it that often, but it's, it's around. still there. There's but there's a guy that walks around Fremont that his does the, he walk or does he waddle? Yeah, he shuffles. <laughs> he shuffles because his the belt of his pants is it's like a four year old literally at his knees. Yeah, <laughs> four year old middle of night. Yeah, <laughs> like he just he backed up from the urinal and just <laughs> never oh, never I'm bothered so to pull him back up. <laughs> get back to my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> is there is there any hairstyles though? Like that would oh, the hair now. Uh, because we went I like we know. had we had that mullet. We the had mullet, the Jerry curl. Asians the, had a thing where we grew our bangs out and we flipped it. Yeah, and that was I I couldn't do that because I don't have like straight <laughs> hair, so it was like wavy. It looked like a it looked like a bad like uh, I don't know like something you took out of the dryer sheet. You know, yeah, it looked like that, but. Like, I think hair now is pretty tame. Well, they got the they got that hipster like facial beard yeah, the thing beard. With the clean cut up top. The beard is kind like of a thing. garden gnome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that maybe that's something we'll look back at. Like, what were we? What were they doing? Yeah, the the glasses with the beard yeah. and the nice hair with like a flannel. Yeah. And you notice that girls' Skinny eyebrows jeans. are girls' eyebrows are getting thicker again. It, oh, that's a thing. Yeah, like if you notice it, it's like. Wow, eyebrows are getting thicker again. I'm like, okay, you look interesting. Look like a vampire. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking more like Bert. Bert and Ernie, <laughs> <He's being> fuzzy. <laughs> but anyways, oh, yeah, like okay, so sorry, sidetrack. Eighties, yeah, eighties, okay. right? Um, yeah, I, w- I was born on the peninsula, uh, in uh, Kaiser Redwood City. Yep. 
No, it's kind of still there. It's still there. It's, it's a, a little bigger than a, it used to be. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, mom and dad, me, and a dog. Okay. In uh, in San Carlos, California. San Carlos. God's country yeah. is what they called it. Okay. It's a Beautiful. lot smaller back then. Yeah. Yeah. And well, in the in in the eighties, like my parents bought their house for I think it was like one hundred and fifteen thousand. Okay. And all the houses around there are selling for like the one point five, one point six. Yeah. Uh, and and it's all uh-huh. Google, Apple, yep. Facebook. Circle Star was there. Circle Star was there. Yeah. Now there's apartments there. Okay, I remember uh, that it was a spinning stage. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. When I was when I was a kid, it was just closed down. My oh, dad used to tell me, "Oh, I went to concerts there yeah, and the my, stage." My parents around. took me there. To they saw concert. the Who. Oh, okay. Yeah. They saw Keith Moon pass out on the Circle Star stage, <laughs> on drugs, whatever. So bad. Yeah, now it looks different now, man. A lot of apartment buildings. Okay. A lot of new houses. They yeah. they buy the house, knock it down, and build a you know something else two yeah. story, and they fill the lots. So it's not really big yards anymore. Mm-hmm. Crazy. A lot of nice cars. Oh. A lot of Teslas. My parents have a Tesla. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Fallen. they have? Do they have a battery in the garage and they charge it out there? Or yeah, they, they just got a target. They got <laughs> a charging station. You know what I did over there? <laughs> oh, I, no, what I, did you do? I pulled my Titan up, and the only spots that were left were the um, the Tesla charging uh-huh. spots. So I I parked in one of them, and then I just took the cord and I opened my gas cap and I just kind of <laughs> stuck it in there and like wedged it. And so <laughs> people are driving by confused, like hmm. they're looking at it, like, is that, that, that a, an electric truck? That's oh, that's cool. I don't to, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't, know, didn't know they were doing those. <laughs> EV, EV Titan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a lot of Teslas over there, shiny cars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you grew up, grew up in San Carlos. Yeah. You went to school up out there until I did all throughout high school too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, high school and uh, early college. Yeah. Yeah. All, all in that little. Redwood City, San Carlos, San Mateo yeah. chunk right okay. over there. Yeah. Cool was, spot. What was home like? Home was great. Man. Your parents I, are cool by the way. Like they're so cool. Like the tie dye thing. I know. I mean that's like I didn't yeah. I didn't even realize how cool they were until later. And I was okay. like, Wow, you guys are pretty neat. Yeah. Like they they were you know, dad was a, a fire captain, mm-hmm. I think, when I was a kid. Yeah. Later on he, he went up to be a you know, battalion chief so Foster City, uh, right? for Foster City yeah, okay. and then they merged to be Foster City San, San Mateo, Mateo. Yeah. and he he was so cool you know your dad's a fireman like yeah. that's the coolest thing ever like you go there in a firehouse and there's yeah. hoses and these big strong guys and yeah. you know this is fun thing you know he, he I always remember you know you tell people like oh yeah like dad would miss every every third thing because there's three shifts, mm-hmm. so someone's always on. So whether it's Christmas Eve or Thanksgiving or my music rehearsal, soccer game, mm-hmm. whatever, Dad missed a third of them. Okay. But I, I never saw it as like a bad thing. Yeah, I always remember I would tell people, yeah, like my dad's a fireman, like he had to work tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, cool. And a couple times we did Thanksgiving dinner like at the firehouse, and oh, okay, they would always get a call during dinner for sure. Yeah. And you see people going down the, the pole yeah. and stuff. And oh well, they didn't. Uh, did they have a pole? No. That's they had a. They had a pole. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But that was only at night. They didn't hang out up there. They, oh, we, okay. we were having dinner on the ground level. Okay. And you'd hear the woo woo woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, oh, and they would all get up and scurry out the door, and it's like, yeah, yeah. 
Florida. There they go. Hanging so out the cool. side of the fire truck. And, yeah, waving yeah. at you on the way by. It's like a movie. It's oh, so wow. cool. Okay. So, and that's early on, you know, when I, I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. Like, that seems like the ideal job to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I ended up pursuing that later. Uh, but mom uh, was a bank teller while I was uh, younger. Oh, okay. And Which bank? Uh, Hibernia Bank. Oh, I, which isn't around. Yeah, and then Wells out. Fargo later. I think yeah. I don't know Wells Fargo bought them, but Bank of America might have. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it was neat. So you know, mom was home, picked me up from school every day. Mm-hmm. Most days she brought me a Kit Kat bar. Oh, I still nice. remember that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And I, I would that was like a thing. Yeah, it was yeah. a surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd always expect, ask her. Expect a is surprise. there? Did you get a surprise today? Yeah. And I don't know where she got them or exactly when. Mm-hmm. But just on the way to pick me up from school for like a long time. Yeah, she a Kit Kat bar. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Oh, I want a Kit Kat right now too. I know. There's a lot of mom stuff like that. Yeah. You know that that's I look cool. back at, and there's one thing that, well, two things. I I, re- I never thought about where food came from. It was just there until I had to go shopping. Yeah. And I remember I I don't know if I told my mom this or if I told other people that. I remember thinking like. I don't think there was ever not cereal. I don't ever remember being out. Yeah. What was? I, did it have like a go-to brand like that was always there? Because for us it was Frosted Flakes. Like my dad loved it, so it was always in the house. <laughs> I liked Fruity Pebbles or I went through Apple Jacks. I, I just went through whatever was edible, really. Oh, okay. Top, so it wasn't a consistent cereal box. Or, no, no, just the top twenty, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just that was so cool. You know, like. That that communicates love to me. Yeah. Right. Okay. That she just she never didn't have that. I don't know when she did these things. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I went with her. Okay. Another cool thing about having a, a fireman dad is that he was also home for one third or two thirds of the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times during the week, you know, my dad would be taking me here or there, or he would chaperone a trip, or mm-hmm. you know, he would just be there. Yeah. At the at just weird times, take me to the park and yep. and you know a lot of other parents just thought that was weird. Yeah, middle of the day. Yeah, does your dad yeah. work? Yeah, my dad works. Yeah. He's a fireman. <laughs> Marine World was there before too, right? Yeah. Were, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, Robert City area. It was that that was. I was very young. Okay, so you don't remember them taking you there? No, I don't think I ever went to that Marine World. No. Okay, you just remember the Vallejo run. Vallejo yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I went everywhere else. I, I remember going to the auto parts store with dad. Yeah. Okay. And I remember sitting on the bar, you know, where you order the tools from, mm-hmm. and they had this like panel with all the switches on it. I thought yeah. that was—I like, would sit there and flip all the oh, switches. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, Dad would be working with tools; he could do anything. Yeah. As as handy as people think I am, my dad is like ten times handier. Mm-hmm. He could do anything. Yeah. I don't even know where he learned to do these things. He could replace. He could repipe a house. He could do the HVAC oh, wow. system. He yeah. can dismantle electronics and put them back together. He, just, he, he could do moves. anything in a car. Yeah. And I, I just remember watching him do brake jobs and mm-hmm. wiring things and drilling and screwing yeah. and all these crazy things. It's and like a lost art now. Like a whole generation yeah. has just missed it. Oh, no. People think I'm weird because <laughs> I have tools and stuff. And mm-hmm. But that was like I just learned a lot by just watching Dad because yeah. he was there. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Again, I didn't realize any of that until mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a grown-up, right? Yeah. But it was a cool childhood, man. 
a lot of fun vacations, a lot mm-hmm. of camping, a lot of boating. Yeah. Okay. You know, they Just, if if I had a hobby I wanted to do, they were all for it. Mm-hmm. You know, music, whatever, whatever I wanted to do, yeah. they they were just so encouraging, really. And I love that you guys still have like traditions. Yeah. Like when you first brought me out to the monster truck shows, <laughs> how you guys do that, you know, annually. I mean, that's yeah, pretty cool. Like that is cool. You guys even gone down to like Vegas. Yeah, it's I'm like a big deal. For I'm guys. the only thirty-something guy that goes to Vegas with his parents, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, I I went for a truck show. I mean. It's cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know how cool they were until you invited us that first year. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like you see these things on like TV. Yeah, it doesn't you know, do Sunday, it Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. You see, like you know, Bigfoot's gonna come and destroy everything. I know. You feel like a little kid watching them. They're so entertaining. Yeah, they it's are. Like, I can't believe I'm watching what I'm watching right now. This like, is something about the stuff smashing. It's yeah. Just like it's just fun. Yeah, and it's cool that your parents are so into it. You guys do the tailgating. Yeah, yeah they're like, they're all about it. This is like a this is I like this. I. Part of me thinks theoretically that they do that just to be with me. I really? think okay. I think maybe that's too prideful of me to <laughs> assume, but I think that's part of the motivation. It's like yeah. our thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm getting hot. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, take my Jesus think, hat off. I think today was like 90s. Tomorrow's gonna be hotter. Like my arms are sticking to the flag. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to like not move. <laughs> trying to like not get stuck to anything here. Yeah. So. How old were you when you first moved out of the house? And what was that like? Oh, being on your own, being that's, away from your parents. Well, that's that's pretty deep into the deep into the story. Okay, well, I think we, we should we, we can back up a little bit. We'll yeah. back up. Yeah. I moved out very abruptly. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but to understand why, we'll have to tell more of yeah. it. Yeah, take us there. Um, well, well, we'll rewind again to more childhood stuff because mm-hmm. I, I think it starts then. Okay. Because um, I was raised <clears throat> Catholic. And and it was it was the kind of Catholic that I think most like evangelical Christians are sort of critical of, mm-hmm. um, because you know I I would go on Sundays and never really hear anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, part of me thinks that they just didn't teach the gospel, and the other part of me wonders if I just wasn't listening. Maybe a little bit of both. And it's probably, yeah, it's probably both, yeah. somewhere in the middle. Um, but I remember, you know, mom would go, mm-hmm. and she would go pretty consistently. Every week we would go. Um, Dad didn't really want much to do with with church type stuff. He okay. had a lot of, just a lot of criticism of the church. Yeah. I, I think there might be hurts there just we haven't shared, but um, he just wasn't really down with it. Mm-hmm. And mom and I went pretty consistently until um, I was probably a sophomore in high school. Like every Sunday? Yeah. Years ago. Okay. Yeah, pretty much every Sunday. Would, would your dad come with you guys for like the holidays, like the Christmas or Easter? No. Okay. No, he, he wasn't wasn't really interested in it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was never openly critical or judgmental. He or, just drew or, the line. He never even did that. Oh. I, I was never aware, really, of his thoughts on it. Okay. He never was never vocal about it. I'm sure him and him, my mom talked about it, yeah. you know, just like, okay, we're going to raise him Catholic, so you take him, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not, you know, okay. Well, so even going into the marriage, like, it's been like, like, that's your thing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. I think so. I yeah, And I wouldn't say that he's, like, against it, really. Mm-hmm. He's just not for me. Yeah. You know? So, so that's, and I, I can kind of just respect that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. 
you know, because you hear a lot of a lot of families that, you know, the parents have disagreeing opinions about it, mm-hmm. and they're just, you know, they end up kind of tearing kids up a little bit, yeah, like fighting over their faith or whatever. Mm-hmm. That choose and that just never really happened. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I kind of did that on my own, um, especially because once once high school hit, I started to have a lot of questions just about religion Mm. about god and how does this work creator what what is god Mm -hmm. father sons like how does that trinity thing happen Mm -hmm. and i just i just had a lot of thoughts about it Mm -hmm. and i i i didn't feel like i could ask anybody those kinds of questions because you're not supposed to doubt like the worst thing you could do is doubt God. Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. your, you know, you're gonna get punished for that. Yeah. So if you ask a question, that's a sign of doubt. So. So I just never did. Yeah. Just kind of nod your head. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, honestly, that was a tendency of mine anyway. Is if if I didn't know something, I would just kind of pretend that I did, mm-hmm. or just avoid any scenario where my lack of knowledge would be exposed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and I still kind of do that here and there. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, I started to look around at other people who went to church, and um, I started to see a lot of inconsistency Mm. between people that I knew from Sunday and that I knew from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and... This is the church that you went to with your mom? Yeah, it was a a Catholic church across the bay. Okay. And uh, I just saw a lot of, like... What I what I would label now as hypocrisy, mm-hmm. and that became more and more frequent to the point where I just like, is anybody here really like legit with mm-hmm. this thing? Is yeah. anybody living up to this thing that we're being told we have to? Mm-hmm. And the people that will tell you they are are these snobby, hoity-toity, judgmental, looking down their nose at everybody kind of people. I mm-hmm. say I don't like that either. Mm-hmm. So if that's the goal. Well, I don't want that. Yeah. And I don't want to be a hypocritical <laughs> sinner except for Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, by by the time I was a junior in high school, uh, I'd kind of just decided I'd had, I'd had it with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I started to develop a very critical, just very angry attitude about anything, anything religious. And that was in the context of going to a Catholic high school, too. Mm-hmm. So we would have to take religion class, you know. Yeah, and sit there all, like, <laughs> cross-armed and bitter. Right. Yeah. And so I'm just, you know, and, and I don't really remember much of what I was taught there. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nothing um, stuck. Yeah, it just didn't, it didn't stick on me. Okay. And so, I, yeah, I started to develop a real negative attitude about it. And it, just a real angry in a lot of ways. Mm. Really angry. And... On one hand, I, I would tell you that I, I didn't believe God was real, but then on the other hand, I would tell you that I didn't like Him, mm-hmm. and I especially didn't like His people. Yeah. And so that that little cycle just made me very grumpy. I don't believe in God, <laughs> and for the moments that I do, I don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. And it made, I was very, very bitter. I, I don't. Do you know, know what? Do you know what was driving that bitterness? Is it just because of what you saw with other people, or what was it about God that you felt angry about? Well. I saw I saw religion as a bunch of rules. Yeah. Okay. That 
I didn't really have any hope of following. Mm -hmm. And I saw other people also failing miserably who would tell you they're doing good. Yeah. I'm a good person. I'm like, no, I know you. You're not mm -hmm. a good person. Mm -hmm. And then I would see the people who would tell you they're following all the rules and just be real jerks about it. Yeah. I was like, if if this God is real, I don't like him. Mm -hmm. If he's not real, I don't like those people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, all, and once you think something like that, you just look for reasons to confirm it, you know. So everything I saw that was religious. You just know, backed up that. This is all BS. Yeah. And then, okay. you know, you look around at other religions. Oh, those are all BS, too. This is all, everyone's all crazy. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I would tell people my thoughts on it. And I thought, you know, I would tell them, I, oh, Jesus, he was not a real guy. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he was real. He's crazy. Mm -hmm. Why would you make him God? He's a crazy guy. Mm -hmm. Rambling on about whatever these things are in this book. Yeah. What a... Like, you don't even know if that's real. Like, I had every, every reason in the world to, you know, all the standard 100 arguments against religion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was very well versed in them and, yeah. you know, just pridefully obstinate against anything faith-based. And Yeah, I would tell people, gosh, like, you know, because people talk about the Crusades and how mm -hmm. bad that was. And I'll say, you know, that guy, Jesus, they, they should have killed him sooner because they, they let him get too much out. Mm -hmm. You know, they should have taken care of that quicker because mm -hmm. he's caused all these problems and, you know, crazy. Yeah. Like. And you were a junior. Yeah, junior in high school yeah, when, that, okay. when that whole thing started. Um, wow. Yeah. That's that's a lot of, it's uh, a lot of viewpoints for a junior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because so like. Yeah. It wasn't, because it wasn't like anything that was really forced on you either. You, usually you would see that in like a. No, you know, someone I grew up in a super religious family where things were forced upon them. And, yeah. but it doesn't sound like you had that. I de-evangelized myself. Yeah, it just, somehow it just <laughs> like something just affected you, or you just you were bothered yeah. by what you saw. Yeah. And well, and and on top of that, I have a natural rebellious streak in me. Okay. That I I do not want to be put in a box or told what to do or what to believe or yeah. whether you know you're not going to tell me I'm right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make my own way. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't told the gospel of grace and mercy and, and all this. I was told rules and, do's rules and, and regulations, do's and don'ts. Yep. Everyone's sitting around pointing a finger at each other and no one's getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So this is stupid. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that was high school. And uh, what, I, what I say is that I think everybody worship something mm -hmm. and at that point I decided that it wasn't going to be any god right uh, so I decided like I'm just going to take a turn at everything else <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> whatever whatever idols you know in, in the church world we throw this idols term around a lot mm -hmm. you know when, and it means any, anything that gives your life meaning significance hope mm -hmm. whatever so I, I just replaced this god that I had decided was phony with, you know, a, a career, possessions, you know, popularity, yeah. uh, uh, girls. Social uh, status is what you Social mean. status, yeah. all, all these other things. Mm -hmm. you, you can kind of put an umbrella of social status over it, really. Yeah. My, my idol became the opinions of others. Okay. Really. And that's still something that I, I shake constantly now. 
that that hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't worship it now, but I still feel that a lot of times. Yeah. That the, the opinions of others yeah. will will build me up quicker and tell me tear me down even faster yeah. now than anything else. But back then it was that was it. Mm-hmm. And again, I had nobody telling me anything different. All I had was people confirming that that was the idol to choose. You watch TV, you watch a movie, I would talk to my friends. Mm -hmm. Anywhere you go, everyone's trying to tell you what standard you have to reach to be good enough in the eyes of the world around you. Mm -hmm. And that's every, that's still now, it hasn't gone away. it hasn't changed. Every high schooler in the world, I think it's even more intense now. Because you have algorithmic ads popping up on on Mm -hmm. your phone. Yeah, and you have a filter in how you what you choose right. to show everybody. Right. So people can formulate their opinion about you based off of how you filter that out. Yeah. Like exactly. What, what you post, what you. Right. You know. It's even more intense. Yeah. But I bought it, mm-hmm. and I remember at one point I had a list, and th- this is my this is my craziness. So I had <laughs> I had what we call an algorithm. Uh, in the medical field, and that, that's basically like when you call nine one one, they ask you what's your emergency, mm-hmm. and you tell them, oh no, my dad fell on the floor, and they have this little book that they flip open. Okay, and then they ask you, is he still breathing? Mm-hmm. And then you check and you say yes. Then they flip. Okay, he's still breathing. Uh, does he have a pulse? And then they go down this tree until they finally figure out what was wrong with him. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I had that for my life. Okay. So I had, here's me at the top, and then from there, I had, okay, if I get a job as a fireman, here's this. If mm-hmm. I do that, I do this. I had this big algorithm. And along the path, I said, here's what I want to own, by what point. I want to get married somewhere in here. I want to get a house somewhere in here, the boat, the car, the vacation home. Eventually, like, retirement is over here. Travel, the world is here. Mm-hmm. Like, that standard American perfect, you know, yeah. bow dream. Yeah. That's what I wanted, and I drew it out. Yeah, she had it. I wish I still had that. Yeah, no, she wrote. I, yeah, she drew it out. Like, I wrote it. I had it all ball. planned out. The twenty-year plan. It, it looked was, like a board game. Yeah, it was settled. Okay. Funny enough, now I'm like way off over here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and part of the a, a big key for that whole thing was becoming a fireman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of the linchpin that would unlock all these Anything other things because yeah. that you know provided the certain schedule and the financial stability and the. The pride of like, oh, yeah, I'm the status. Because in my mind, I already talked about it. I kind of idolized that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I pursued that wholehearted. Mm-hmm. And I went after it hard. I took every class, every rescue class, every single certificate you could get. This is right out of high school. You just went into like right out of high and, school. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't didn't bother with the four year bit because mm-hmm. there's no four year degree in firefighting. Yeah, so you just I was went like, right into like an academy. Yep. Okay. And then, you know, 9-11 happens. Firemen are superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's in love with them. Yeah. The, the pay raises are coming in. The benefits are getting better. Mm-hmm. All my friends were starting to get hired because fire departments are growing. And I'm like, whoo, let's jump on that train, yeah. you know. Uh, and it was going well, actually. You know, the first first and second year of college was, was great. Mm-hmm. Um, except for a couple problems. One is that I I wasn't really sure who I actually was. Mm. Looking back at it, I was I was playing several different characters mm-hmm. 
that fit the things that I wanted to happen on this tree. And I was sort of a chameleon. You know, depending on the social situation I was in, I'd, I'd become whatever yeah. I thought I had to for these people to like me. Mm-hmm. Um, once in a while, I'd get in trouble when crowds would mix. But I, I would just kind of leave, you mm-hmm. know, get quiet. My parents saw it more than anyone, I think. Because mm-hmm. I'd have certain people over, and they would actually point it out. My mom would say, like, you're a totally different person mm-hmm. when these people are around. And I would always like, no, no, we, you know, whatever. Parents are dumb. They don't know. But what they were seeing was was this uh, uncertainty. Shift, yeah, shifty. Yeah. I didn't know who I was. Yep. And the other part was uh, the girls. I I was horrible. You're 19? <laughs> 19, going on 20, mm-hmm. into 21. And at that point, I'd never had a girlfriend. I'd, I'd never even had, not even close to that. Mm-hmm. And was anyone that you liked in oh yeah school? yeah of course yeah, yeah. and okay. and I tried I asked I, I pursued I had a lot of first dates yeah. will you go with me was that the question yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you <laughs> you want to go steady yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have DTRs DTRs a thing nowadays right you know, that was, yeah. no I never got there okay. no I had a lot of first dates but not really a lot of second or thirds yeah okay and you know I I think in my mind far above a job or any of the other social status things. Mm-hmm. I think I measured my own value based on that. Yeah. Did I have the woman? Mm-hmm. And and I think that was that was the biggest that took front row for me. Yeah. And I think the the less success I had in that area, the more frustrated I got. Mm-hmm. And the more uh worthless I felt. And it started to eclipse everything else. And it was like, in my mind, it was like, I got to figure this woman thing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or all the rest of this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is meaningless. If I, if I don't have somebody that is willing to, like, be with me, what is all the rest of this for? Like, mm-hmm. this is a waste of time. Nobody loves me. Mm-hmm. And my strategy was to just, I got to trick someone into liking me. Okay. <laughs> that was, that's how I'm going to do it. Uh, who, do I, who do I have to be? To get this Trick done, someone. I'm gonna get this done. Okay. Yeah, and because obviously being me wasn't working, even though I didn't know who that was. <laughs> um, you gotta be somebody else that's likable, right? Okay. And, and and then, you know, the the less success I had in that area, just the desperation grew. Yeah. And so now I'm I'm 20 21 years old and just at a point where it's like I'm I'm willing to go anywhere mm-hmm. to try to get this done. Mm-hmm. And that's when that's when pornography became a thing. Mm-hmm. That's when strip clubs became a thing. You know, uh, but you felt you had to get this done in order to continue the next yeah. ten plus years, right? And and you know, because I wasn't having success within the real world, mm-hmm. I would retreat into these kind of fantasy escapes. Yeah. So that you know, for a minute, I could believe that I was desirable, even though yeah. I was paying someone to make me feel that yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. And I, I, I always remember, you know, one, one time in particular, I, I went to a nightclub, and you know, I was with a couple friends of mine, and, and I was convinced, like, okay, this is this is where it happens, right? This is where, like, you always hear about people meeting mm-hmm. and they have the fling and you get a couple of drinks. Yeah, you get yeah. a couple of drinks. Like, this is where it happens. Okay, we're gonna go. Yeah. And I remember walking into the door, and and there's only one other time in my life I felt more out of place, and that was at a at a quinceanera. 
Sixteenth <laughs> birthday party. I don't, no, I don't know giant, why you, giant Mexican family. I don't know why you would fill out the, a place there. The tuba. The <laughs> <laughs> Nobody spoke English. I don't know why I was there. More out of place there. But <laughs> why were you there? I got invited by a friend, church. Like, hey, come to my quinceanera. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that. Everybody there knew it too. I remember walking in. They're like, who invited the white guy? <laughs> like, what? You know, and I'm a foot and a half taller <laughs> yeah, than everybody in there. <laughs> the oh, food wow. was great, though. Well, of course it was. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you just see your upper body just going through the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they carrying him? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> in any case, I, I went to this nightclub. It was called Club X on Harrison Street in San Francisco. It's not there anymore. I, never, I haven't even heard of that. Yeah. On Friday nights, it was called Club X. Saturday nights, it was called City Nights. They City Nights, yes. I was like, if it's on Harrison, it's... Yeah. yeah okay. There's only a couple up there. Yeah. Okay. City Nights, yep. And I remember going there and just... I felt like I am so out of place here. I hate... That's not the place, no. dude. I've I, been to City Nights. It's horrible. Apparently, it's not that great. It's right. It's not. I didn't know that. Oh. All I... <laughs> you went to City Nights? Yeah. Oh. It's not great. It's not yeah, great. It's not. If my if my friend Brian, it's like buying steak at Food Max. <laughs> <laughs> just... My my buddy Brian convinced me this is the spot. If he's, okay, I hope he's listening. I think they're like 15, 20 bucks to get in. Yeah, so it was barely was that. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow, City Nights. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tell me about that. Listen, listen. <laughs> you're all City Nights. I you know I didn't know any of the music. The drinks were expensive. Yeah. Like yeah. the the culture was weird. I I did not fit in. It's, but but here's the thing. I I thought I was supposed to. Oh okay. And so, all this did, and I went there maybe like four times, five mm-hmm. times. And I I was like, I just don't I don't fit. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to be enjoying myself. This is where all my friends are talking about. They're going. They're having fun. They're doing this. They're doing that. And it's not working for me. I'm broken. Mm-hmm. See, I'm a loser. I told you, self, you're worthless. No wow. one's ever going to love you. Yeah. And and I just started to get to that desperate spot. And it was ugly. Yeah. It was very ugly. And while I was, you know, pretending on one hand to be altogether, you know, future fireman, savior of the world, mm-hmm. you know, on the inside, I'm just like, I'm trash. You know, I, I was worthless. Mm-hmm. Um. And there was nobody saying otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I was still receiving the messages that told me, this is the standard, and here's where you are. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So you went you went that night. That's the only time you ever gone, I'm assuming. Or did you ever go back? Yeah, I went back. Okay. Yeah, a handful of times. Okay. I, I had to try it. Yeah. Like, I, you, I, I, don't, mean, I don't give up on things easily. Okay. <laughs> like well, this. Like, did you just go and, like, just, like hang out by the bar like try to talk to folks or just I would try everything cause like a, cause City Nights is like it's there's so l- much going on it's intimidating it's very loud yeah big like, crowd very crowded very it's not like something you can just walk away like hey what are you doing here you wanna no. dance I mean it's just no, you're, it, you're it's, spitting in a girl's ear trying to talk yeah. to her well and what I didn't realize is that how many drugs were going around yep. like I was so oblivious to all that yeah, just look at the ground you see it yeah yeah well so there's that mm-hmm. and I got to a point where uh, I was well. So, so okay, fast forward a little bit. I was in the fire training. Is my neighbor yelling? Is that what that is? I don't know. I hear him. That's okay. 
We got the windows open. We need it. It's fine. It's okay. Lily's hanging out listening. She's going to watch for us. Okay. So I got to a point with it. I was working at an ambulance company in uh, Foster City Mm -hmm. as kind of like a resume builder Mm -hmm. for for the fire department. That's kind of what you did Mm -hmm. because there's some medical lights and siren stuff. So it looks good on the resume. And I was working there with a buddy of mine and uh, there was this, this gal that got hired there. Um, and she was a, a fair bit older than us. I think I was 22. I think she was 30. Okay. Um, and I found out after a little while that her and one of my friends were like messing around at work. Oh, okay. And they were like, I was like, what? Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, yeah, I bet you, uh, I bet she'd be down to like hang out with you too. Like if you, if you wanted, if you wanted down, I could put in a good word, and just I was like just passing it along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I was desperate. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> pass it along. Yeah. And he did, and and uh, that sparked something, you know, between her and I at work, you know, that that was totally based on. My own and her insecurity, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, it was She was trying to get validation from the men. From exactly. The men. Yeah. Okay. And you were trying to find the same thing. Yeah. We're both using each other to try to believe that we're lovable. Yeah. Right. Okay. Horrible, horrible footing to start uh, any relationship on. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, just really irresponsible. Just ir- irresponsible because of what we were doing, but more so ir- irresponsible because looking back <laughs> at it now. I, I was an agent of destruction for her mm. <laughs> and for myself, you know, and beyond whatever company policies we were breaking, you know, that we were breaking something a lot bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And we, we got way too serious, way too fast. And, um, you know, I, I knew that what I was getting involved in was not good. Uh, and as as time went on, evidence just stacked up further <laughs> to communicate that, mm-hmm. like, this is not a good idea. You know, beginning with just, like, I, I was prioritizing time with her over anything else. Anything else. Mm-hmm. Friends, family, work, whatever. I would yeah. put it first because I, I needed this. Like, this was the thing that I've been looking for. She's finally giving it to me. Somebody likes me. So I'm going to be whoever I got to be. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to hang on with this. And I'll figure out how to put everything else back together mm-hmm. once I'm done. And it got more and more serious. And just kind of more and more things got sh- pushed aside for me. And it, there was a, a point in time when, when I found out that uh, she was married before me mm-hmm. two times. Uh, the, the first husband she was married for like 10 years and she had two kids with him she's she, 30? yeah oh wow so okay. she had uh, like a 10 year old and a 6 or 7 year old with him mm-hmm. but she left like left that family and ended up with another guy she married him mm-hmm. was married to him for like 2 years and found out later I actually knew the guy which is really weird mm-hmm. but Two very turbulent years, and uh, and then when I got with her, she told me a little bit 
into it that she hadn't actually finalized the divorce with the second guy yet. So now here I am with a, <laughs> a married, yeah. married woman who has another husband with two kids, mm-hmm. and I didn't give a crap about it. Yeah. I, I was there to get what I wanted, mm-hmm. and I, I regret that. You know, I, I wish I could apologize to those kids because mm. they had to see me. Mm-hmm. You know, because she would get them on the weekends, and yeah. you know, they knew, like, oh, this is this is mom's new guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, how how hard must that be for them? Yeah, like if they were on one of these shows, I would be that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I couldn't imagine being them. Um, in any case, things got more and more serious, and um, more crazy. Okay, I. I found out after the fact, as I'm putting things together, and and a little bit during, she wasn't very forthcoming with it, that um, she was a borderline personality. Uh, And I know everyone says their ex is crazy or whatever, but this is like a legit diagnosis. And and it's it's basically a combination of schizophrenia and manic depressive. Mm -hmm. So the, the schizophrenic side just has really fantastical, strange views of the world, and then the manic depressive side freaks out about it. Mm-hmm. So they can have their own little party <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. with no nothing in reality, and yeah. they they imagine something and then flip out and then imagine another thing. And um, they're also very smart. She was so smart; she could convince me of anything, mm-hmm. anything. And after an hour of talking to her, I would tell you, you know, up is down and the sky is green, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I was also just easily influenced because I was willing to do whatever I had to to hang on to this right and so there was a point when we had decided and and i'll say that a few times we decided Mm -hmm. that my parents were uh uh, like kind of the enemy for us because they disapproved Mm -hmm. of the relationship because they're perceptive people (laughs) (laughs) they're not stupid they're like that's not great and she perceived that they were thinking that and i was like no what are you talking about you know but she eventually convinced me like I need to get out of that house. Mm. And so that's... That's how you moved out. That's how I moved out. Okay. Long answer to that question. Okay. And that uh, was so sad. Did you move in with her? Or? Yeah. Okay. So she found a place maybe like two miles from my parents' house. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no chance of running into them. Right. In yeah. San Carlos. Yeah, yeah. In San Carlos. And uh, hold that up more like in front of you like this. If you talk in the top, it won't. Yeah, like this. That's it. Oh, okay. Um, and so, but I, I, I knew they wouldn't approve. I didn't want to talk to them about it. I wanted to do a cloak and dagger. Mm-hmm. So I moved out of my parents' house, like in the middle of the night when they weren't home, and wow, didn't tell that's them. Pretty fast, gangster. I was like, quick. Ta-da, it's empty. <laughs> so the, yeah, they came home. Bed's gone. Clothes are gone. You know, whatever belongings I thought, uh, you know, I needed. Yeah. Gone. And they had no idea where I went or oh, why. They must have been livid. They had... They weren't livid. They were just confused. Mm. They, had th- they didn't know what to do. They assumed that it had something to do with this relationship. Yeah. They thought I was on drugs. Um, or under some kind of a, like, mind control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which kind of was in, mm-hmm. in some ways. Um. So we moved in together, and then right about that point is when the the relationship started to get uh, violent. 
and you know maybe once a week or so mm-hmm. she would just attack me for some reason you know usually you know I, I didn't do something right or I you know I I you know she would think that I, I looked at that girl like did you check her out you did didn't you and then it would, it would be on you know if I expressed any desire to like contact my parents and tell them what was going on mm-hmm. <laughs> like she'd get she'll very like, upset cut the phone and break her ankles yeah okay. yeah and uh, that was tough and it was it was right about that point when she brought up this whole Christian thing to me of all people yeah I don't know where it came from like it, it was it didn't make sense to me because she was exactly the person that I was critical of mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as Christians go I said look at your life totally hypocritical mm-hmm. who are you to tell me you're a Christian a Christ follower and, and try to put anything on me mm-hmm. how dare you I'm a I'm a choir boy mm-hmm. compared to you mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I thought of my I'd never say that out loud but um so that that theme just started to come up more and more often uh in, in the midst of the the violent nights and just this isolation that mm-hmm. was happening and there was one point when uh we heard a knock on the door and we look out the little people and it's my friend uh Josh now I, I don't mind saying his name I hope he hears it but um He's standing there. He found me. Like, he saw my car. Like, on the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Because <laughs> he lived about a mile from there. Yeah. And he waited until he saw me come home, and then he followed me to the door. So she's home. I'm home. Uh, she looks at the hole. I look at the hole. She has a look of panic. I have a look of panic. Because <laughs> he knew. Because he, he's trying to come and, and like, have a moment. Like, yeah. what's up, dude? Yeah. And so she says, get rid of him. I was like, what, what do you mean? Get, okay. And so here's, here's the scene. I, I open the door, mm-hmm. and my friend is standing where you are. She's standing on the other side of the door, right mm-hmm. here, looking at me. He can't see her. She's just staring holes through the side of my head. Get rid of him. And, uh, you know, my buddy, my best friend since I was born. And I, I knew this kid before I have memory and you know he's crying and he's saying like I love you like you're my best friend what what did we do to upset you can we just talk like can you come back like talk to us like mm-hmm. we can we can fix this like what happened because I, I cut it off with them mm-hmm. and I, I was so cold I, I didn't even didn't even flinch I, I was like it was like I was another person and I just told him sorry man it's over like we're done. Like, go away. Don't come back. And I shut the door. Oh wow! And I, he left. And I, I didn't talk to him after that for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, Dad comes by, and I guess my friend had told, told him. And he told my dad, "Oh, I found him. Like, he won't talk to me. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you should give it a shot." So my dad came, and you know, uh, again, knock on the door same bit she's there I'm there the door opens and you know this is there's there's only one time that I've ever seen my dad cry and this was it Hmm. I heard him cry one other time 
Um, never seen him. And I, I can still see him. Same thing. You know, where, where'd you go? What happened? What's wrong? What's going on? What did we do? We can fix this. Just come come home. Just come home. Yeah. Like, you, we love you. Like, don't do this. And I did the same thing. And uh, didn't talk to him for over a year. Oh, wow. After that. And then... So you guys are both working at this place still. I think I had just gotten fired from there. Okay. For inconsistent schedule, discipline, you know. I kept missing days and... um, Mom never came by. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She she couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, she she couldn't bring herself to look at me in the eye and and have that same thing happen. Mm -hmm. It, It would have killed her. Yeah. It was hard. I mean, there, there's there's no human on earth that, that I've hurt more deeply than my own mom. Because hmm. I cut her off and I was so cold about it. It's just, what a jerk. And I, I know that it hurts because I, you know, this was in 2004, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And if I'm with my mom for more than an hour, it'll it'll come up somewhere. Really? Just mention, yeah. you know, not... Not in a vindictive, mean, grudge-holding way, yeah. but it, it was the most traumatic thing she's gone through as an adult, mm-hmm. and so it comes up, you know, and something will be mentioned, and then I'll say, oh, I don't remember that, and, you know, she'll just say, oh, I think that was, like, during that time, mm. and I'll be like, oh, and I've never given her a hard time about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't hold it over her. I don't tell her, get over it. Mm-hmm. I own it. Those are the ripples. Yeah. Sin has consequence. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. That, that I have to know that there's still hurt in her that I caused. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Wow. So now there I am. No parents, no friends. Lost a job. Living with her. In this situation. And, you know, I, I felt like... Like, what am, what am I doing? I've made a mistake... You know, that that was my rock bottom. You know, that's like if, if this was drugs, that would be <laughs> when mm-hmm. when I was, you know, passed out on heroin in a street gutter. This was my drug coming to its end. Yeah. And there was a fella that I had met when I was an ambulance guy named Jared. And I, at some point while we were working together, Jared had blown his cover and told me he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Came up when we were working, and I asked him what kind of music he wanted. And he said, Christian rock. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is Christian rock? Oh, no. Like Jeremy 2000, Camp. 2004? Todd Agnew, something like that. Yeah, 2004? Yeah, yeah okay. it wasn't good. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, is that a thing? Like, <laughs> for real? Yeah. They were, okay. they were coming up. There was a bunch of them at that time. Yeah, it was a new thing. Caleb yeah. was like brand new. Yeah. Like that was like the first year that was around. Yeah. Air One was around too. Air One. That was it. Air One. That's the one that he wanted. Um, and so I kind of brushed that off. Like, oh great, here we go. Another churchy guy is all I need. As I worked with the guy though, um, I, I would watch him expecting to see what I'd seen mm-hmm. everywhere else. Hypocrites and, and I, I didn't yeah. see it. I didn't see a perfect guy. 
but I saw someone who was humble and who was like honest Mm -hmm. worked hard respected people like when people got on his case he didn't respond defensively or angry like Mm -hmm. he just showed a a lot of spiritual maturity is what I would that's what I would call it now but I didn't know what I was seeing and I would hear the way he talked to his wife on the phone and just how he loved her Mm. just loved her and when when he said you know I love you sweetie like he meant it Mm -hmm. I was like wow like this guy's got something and so in in the midst of what I'm going through, you know, I'm thinking of this guy. And so I call him up and I ask him, like, to come to breakfast. And he uh, he agrees to, and he doesn't know why. And so I'm, I'm asking him there, and, and we go to, uh, I think it was a Hobie's on El Camino in Santa Clara, or Sunnyvale. And I we got a table there, and I asked him, I was just asking him, like, how do you do it? You know, like, what? why are you this way mm-hmm. and now like from my perspective now i didn't realize that i was just like giving him yeah the silver platter yeah, I was like, like this is what this is what we all hope somebody will ask yeah, us is this, like this is the commercial yes yeah and i i gave it to him <laughs> yeah. i didn't know i was asking him that but yeah. he, he must gosh he must have like i could imagine that he went and told his men's group yeah. this guy asked me how i do it yeah, yeah. And like they had a big pat on the back yeah. and they probably prayed for me or something <laughs> crazy yeah yeah. (laughs) but he you know i asked him like how do you do it with with your wife specifically how do you make that work and he said to me that i my wife and i have decided to base our relationship around a mutual pursuit of christ Mm -hmm. and and then he really broke down just a very basic gospel message for me and I, I didn't understand it. You know, I, I didn't know what I was hearing. It was so weird to me. I never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if I never heard it or wasn't listening. Either way, it was news to me. In, in your mind, was it like Christian, Catholic, was all lumped into like the same bucket? Yeah, I didn't okay. know there was something different. Okay. I, th- I thought there was like Lutheran. Yeah. And Catholic. I it was didn't all know the same bucket. Was all the same. Protestant and four square, evangelical, Pentecostal. Yeah. Like I didn't know any of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought they were all the same. Yeah. Okay. And now he's breaking down for me the the basic evangelical, NIV, ESV mm-hmm. gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> and I, I I had a lot more questions. I had a lot of doubts. I had a lot of like, well, how does this work? How does that work? But I I can tell you that that when I parked the car to go in. I thought Jesus was not real. If he was real, he was crazy. Mm-hmm. That God didn't exist. And if mm-hmm. he did exist, he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. The Bible's not good for anything but burning. Christians are crazy, or stupid, or both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. But I want to figure out how this guy's living the way he is. Yeah. And over the course of a 30-minute, 45-minute breakfast, I... I left that breakfast wanting Jesus to be God. Mm, you wanted it to be true. I wanted it bad to be true. Because yeah. what he said, it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. Like, if this is true, I want that. What did he, how did he explain it to you? What did he say? Were there things that stood out to you? You're saying that, like, he laid it out. So, like, were there I, things I re- that... I remember in? that first line, the, you know, me and my wife, we pursue Christ. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the exact language that he used for the rest of it, but it it was like but you just first grader level, yeah. like 
here's how it works. Mm-hmm. Romans Road, you know, here's the canyon, here's the cross, you're mm-hmm. over here, yeah. heaven's there, you can't get there because you're sin. Like, yeah. super simple. Yeah. I never heard that before, and I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a good deal, but I, I, I can't believe that. Yeah. Really, can I? It's too simple. Am I going to have to trick myself into believing this? Because mm-hmm. I want that, but I don't believe it. I've got years of evolution that's been taught to me. Mm-hmm. Years of this criticism of the Bible itself, whether or not it's even true or who mm-hmm. wrote it. Yeah. And just every argument you've ever heard against religion. Like, yeah. in my mind, I had to settle all of that before I could even make room for this. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe over that breakfast, that's when God allowed me to crack the door and see him and and i saw something beautiful and mm-hmm. i wanted to see more so my my bent now wasn't to disprove this religious thing it was i've got to clean this up so i can believe it mm. wholeheartedly and so i took the next two or three months um to just research things ask really hard questions and yeah. and seek answers and online and and through people and all that mm-hmm. and did you ever meet up with him again after that, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did, and I, I I'll touch on that again in a second. But um, it was about three months later. It was March first, um, two thousand six. Okay. When I I kneeled down in that little apartment by myself, and I. I just told God that is the most simple like salvation prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for the ways I betrayed you. I'm sorry that I hated you for so long. I'm sorry that I said this and said that. You know, I know you've already forgiven me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to go to heaven, and I, I want to know you while I'm here. This is really that's it. Yeah. And man, I started crying like I'd never cried before. Wow. It felt like I was puking up demons. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I could describe it. Mm-hmm. Just totally overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, I, I, even now I look back at it like, what was that? Like, I've never experienced that since. And it was, it was just like a, a vomitous crying. Yeah. Wrenching. Weird. <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. I was like, what is happening to me? Mm-hmm. I, I, I said words that I don't know what they mean. Doesn't make sense to me. I don't even know what language it was. Mm-hmm. I, I and I didn't even know that like speaking in tongues was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even like I, I wouldn't have even known that to fake it. Yeah. Except that it happened. I, I was doing it. Yeah. So weird. And even while it was happening, I was like, "What is this? Am I just doing this? Or what's happening right mm-hmm. now?" I, even my skeptical side was present even yeah. during that moment, and I was like, "What is happening to me? Yeah. This is crazy." And. I told her about it, and uh, and and then she became super Christian too. <laughs> okay. I inspired her to this reinvigorated discipline of Christianity, mm-hmm. and um, I, I look at that moment as Jesus handing me a parachute before I jumped, mm-hmm. um, because it only gets uglier from there. I don't know how long we've been talking. Oh no, my gosh. Good. Okay. I don't know how long you want to go, but. <laughs> I don't know. Go till I'm done, or yeah, yeah. people get tired of listening. Just pause it and keep going later. <laughs> Are we getting comments? Is there uh, people listening? Yeah, there's, there's comments. I don't know what they say. Oh, you crazy people! Okay, <laughs> great. Your, your writing's too small. Sorry. Yeah, the phone's too far away. Yeah, I'll catch you later. Yeah. Um, Sunday. 
so there I am now, a brand new Christian. I don't know my my butt from a hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the Bible. Or I'm trying I, to understand that. Okay, that's, <laughs> a, that's not a weird. Image. I can't. I couldn't find my butt with both hands. We'll okay. say that. Okay. And it's <laughs> cool. Um, and. So everything was just like, what do I do? Like I just yeah, like I, I just got now? handed this job, and I don't know what this job is. And so I started going to a church in Millbrae, uh, uh, Church of the Highlands. Yeah, Pastor Don Sheely, mm-hmm. cool old Irish guy. Yeah. That's, and uh, that's a drive. Yeah, <laughs> from well, from San Carlos, it wasn't too bad, but it was still a drive. It's, yeah, that's that's still up there. I got plugged into a men's group there. Okay, and it was great. Yeah, I started meeting these guys, yeah. and wow, this like they started answering questions for me, and I was on fire. I was reading that Bible cover to cover. Mm-hmm. It was it was just so cool. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, my relationship with her was just still getting uglier. Mm. And now I was confronted with this thing of like, okay, I'm living with somebody as if I'm married. I'm not married. Like, what do we do? And now you know she's theoretically back on track as a Christian. And she says, well, we should get married. And then after I <laughs> after I changed my pants, <laughs> we agreed that that was the proper course of action. Looking back at it now, I would have advised myself to move out and, move and out. stop yeah. living with her as if you're married. Mm-hmm. So if anybody listening is in that scenario, the, the proper advice is to move out. Stop having sex with her. Learn how to be a husband. And actually, like, treat this woman like a daughter of Christ instead of getting yourself deeper into something you had no business being in in the first place. Mm -hmm. But there I was. Now we're deciding to get married. I think I did send a message to my parents about it. I didn't invite them to it. None of my friends were there. It was very was it like sad. A, was it like a city hall type? Yeah. It was just her, me and her, uh, the official guy and a witness. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the witness. And I remember, like, at the wedding, I was <laughs> I was crying. And they all thought it was, oh, it's beautiful. He's, he's overcome with emotion. And I was not. <laughs> I, I was overcome with just this. What the heck is happening? This deep knowing that I was, I was doing something I should not be doing. Mm-hmm. And from there, I mean, I, I can summarize the next year very quickly. Uh, we were married for a year, almost exactly a year. And during that year, it, it was a crazy combination of both myself growing spiritually, mm-hmm. being hungry for Christ, being hungry to meet people who could lead me to be discipled, to grow, mm-hmm. to learn. I was. This is when I started listening to the radio a lot, and I was hearing these preachers all day. I would I would listen to uh, KFAX all day, mm-hmm. and just the David Jeremiah, yep. you know, all these guys. Uh, and I was just learning. I was so hungry, and I was growing like crazy. But in the midst of this, some switch flipped in her, and and she got more and more and more controlling, demanding. And I think the the full measure of her her mental issues started to manifest themselves, and um, you know the violence got worse and worse to the point where it was daily. Um, I mean, she would. She, I'd get home from work, and and her thing was always like infidelity was was her biggest thing. 
And in her mind, if, if I was even aware that other women existed, that was, you know, basically the first level of being unfaithful. Mm-hmm. That if I didn't see humans as these automaton type of things, asexual, mm-hmm. that I was bound to sleep with one of them. And so every day I would get interrogated about who did you see, what did she look like, was she better than me, did you like her, did you, what did you feel, did you feel anything, and, and it would inevitably, there's no way I could answer all the questions right, and it would it would deteriorate into some kind of violent episode, and, mm-hmm. you know. She would catch you, she would catch you, you know. Yeah, some kind, yeah. and I, I resorted to just like, I gotta lie, just so I can get some sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta, I was, I lost four jobs that year. Because wow. I, I wasn't sleeping, I was sloppy, I was you know inattentive, I was on the phone with her, I wouldn't mm-hmm. show up. Because mm-hmm. it would come time to go to work, and she'd be like, oh, if you go to work, I need you here, it means you don't love me. And Oh, dang, okay. Oh, there's constantly, everything was against us, everything was a test. You know, if I didn't have uh, living flowers at the home, that meant my love had died. If I touched the cat, that was affection that was supposed to go to her that I was giving to the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Just way out there. And and she would slap and bite, punch and kick and throw whatever was handy. And, and even while I was sleeping, which is really creepy, I'd wake up with like water being dumped on my face and like, oh, things dang. being thrown at me while I'm sleeping. And I was like, what? You know, it's crazy. I would tell her <laughs> that I need to pray. And I would go out in, into the front room and I would I'd get in a praying position and try to sleep mm-hmm. um, just because I you know it was so that's the only time when she would kind of leave me alone mm-hmm. but then inevitably she'd kind of crawl into the room and sneak up next to me and check to see if I was breathing you know and I, I'd wake up and her face would be right next to mine and she'd say you're sleeping <laughs> and then she'd start whooping my ass again <laughs> It's crazy. You were going to only pray to me. Like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> we're it at, was. We're at that level now. <laughs> it, it was. It was something, man. Wow. Uh, okay. I went to. I went to counseling after all this, and they said it was. I had similar f- symptoms as like a prisoner of war. Like it was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was bad. It's and like you were trapped. Yeah, that's how I felt. And I. I want to be very clear with this. That. She's not a bad person. She was sick. Mm-hmm. And then this is what sickness looks like. When you take mine plus hers. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. She's not evil. I, I don't believe she's evil. I don't believe she's an agent of the devil or something like that. She was a, she was a sick person who was operating the best that she knew how. Mm-hmm. Which was not really great. And, and, you know, I put myself in a position unwisely for that to be that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there's, there's no fingers being pointed, you know. We're both there. Mm-hmm. As I started to grow more independent, uh, she started to feel like she was losing control, and so that's the violence escalated to ridiculous levels. There, there was, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I need to get into gory details, but it was scary, <laughs> scary. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I, I had started to really consider what does it look like to love somebody. Does that mean trying as hard as I am to contort reality to fit into this crazy box? I don't think so. I think loving my wife would be 
living in reality, loving her, and inviting her to come there with me. And not accommodating lunacy. Mm-hmm. And so I started to aim at, aim at that as my goal. And that, that just it did not fly with her. And it got so bad to a point where she just kind of decided um, just to check out. And she one day she packed up a car. And, you know, it came down to the ultimatum. Like, either you're going to do all this stuff the way I want it or I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I, I, if I love you, I cannot do those things. And so she left. That was it. Uh, you never she saw her since? She moved to Texas. Oh, okay. That's close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she drove all the way to Texas to live with her sister. And yeah, never saw her since. She divorced me over correspondence. Okay. We She's, annulled. You got, you got papers. And yeah. And I remember, I know, on the... <laughs> this was this is one of the most devious things I've done. I, on, on the When she was driving there, I called her just to see if she was actually going. And like it was like four hours later, whatever, she's in Bakersfield. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we're actually doing it. And I remember telling her, I said, you know, you can't leave me. And I, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm not actually ever going to change, but you can't leave. You won't do it. You know, just to just to fuel that fire, just so she would keep driving. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was so manipulative. It's really mean. How did she even afford to leave was she working did she quit her job no no she she didn't work the whole time we were together <coughs> so she just had some kind of she had credit, some savings, credit or savings yeah. some credit yeah i think i might have bought the gas mm-hmm. um and then there i was you know newly single uh i had a new job that i was walking to because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a car I hadn't talked to my parents in over a year mm-hmm. no friends over a year so I was like, hmm. and I was living literally a thousand feet that way is where this all happened. Those, those apartments right back there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was basically starting over, you know, and I was 24. And I, I was like, well, I guess I should find a church. <laughs> so I, I'm like, where can I walk to mm-hmm. <laughs> or take a bus to? Mm-hmm. So I went to Newark Community Church down the street there. Mm-hmm. And just by pure providence of God I walked into that place um cause I you know I was under the the teaching of Pastor Ed Moore for yeah. the better part of 10 years over yeah. there solid godly guy who opened scripture and just made it so beautiful to me mm-hmm. and then you know I got plugged into a men's group with other guys just loved Christ you know they heard my story didn't judge me for a second mm-hmm. And they were just said, we're so glad you're here. Yeah. So glad you're here. Let's let's go through this book and talk about what it means and mm. get you on, on the on the open, you know, on the road back to who you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and I was so thankful for them. You know, just the, the generosity they showed me, the welcome, the the non judgment, just the they they did it right. Mm-hmm. That was exactly what what I, I think biblical discipleship is supposed to look like is what I got when I was there and I'm so thankful for that yeah it's huge and that's you know that's when I met uh, the Smith family I met them there you know okay. Adara was uh, four mm-hmm. <laughs> at the yeah. time one of them wasn't born yet you mm-hmm. know they were a brand new family so I made fast friends with them became uh, you know uncle godfather yeah. best friend 
they actually lived here mm-hmm. when I met them. Okay, yeah. Which is funny. In, in like, this, not, not the front. Literally where yeah. we're sitting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the kids' room was there. Their room was here on a futon. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was crazy. Okay. And I started to make new friends and, you know, basically explore what, you know, this family looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a lot of very hard conversations I had to have. Um, especially with mom, dad, my buddy Josh, mm-hmm. my aunts and uncles. You know, I, I intentionally, you know, hurt all of them. <laughs> what was that first phone call like? I called my mom. What did I say? I said, "Hey, mom, she's gone." Can we talk? <laughs> wow. She must have, like, broke. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I said. She'd probably remember better than, better than I do. Yeah. But that was... That was the beginning of, of a, a rebuilding. Was that... But you didn't... You got off the phone and then you went there, or... I think I told them, like, I, like we should get together. We should have dinner or something. Like, can you guys come over? Like, I didn't have a car, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I needed them to come to me. Yeah. And they did. And they came to that little apartment where all that went down. I had dinner with me there, and I, I just kind of filled them in on what the last year was like, and they just could not believe it. They were blown away by it, and so gracious. Just, I mean, if if there's anybody who could hold something against me and have a grudge against me, it'd be mm-hmm. my parents, and mm-hmm. they, they never have. They've, they've never held that over me as some kind of a a vendetta you know that they're open arms yeah. you know that that prodigal son passage mm-hmm. that was me <laughs> did they ever say why they didn't decide I mean I know you said that your mom didn't want to face the rejection or the hurt but yeah. did they ever say like in that year um, why they didn't decide to push to try to get to you or find you or communicate with you they just kind of left you like run the course. they they figured based on my behavior that any effort on their part to pursue me that would just push me further mm-hmm. so they, they they played it really wisely yeah they just waited and yeah. just kind of slow played it mm-hmm. and in in the ways that they could like mom could see my bank activity because oh. I had a Wells Fargo account that was tied to hers mm-hmm. so she could kind of see where I was buying things and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what I was doing and I was still alive and mm-hmm. living a sort of normal life, at least <laughs> mm-hmm. in my shopping. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was it, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it seems like things got reset. It was a big reset. Yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a growth mm. time. Yeah huge growth time I learned how to apologize Mm. how to repent how to read scripture how to pray how to go to church Mm -hmm. you know how to how to actually be me (laughs) and be okay with it how to have fun like all all these things I felt like a like a kid again and that's why (laughs) when people now they they say that I'm very childlike in a lot of ways and that's because in my mind, really, I'm only about 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I was reborn. Yeah. 
a new person. I rediscovered everything from food to riding a bike to fun to like what what do I like? I don't know what I like. Mm-hmm. I, I got to find out what I, it was like. Like someone who had amnesia mm-hmm. waking up when they're 24 years old yeah. and starting over. Yeah. So you continue to live at that apartment? Yeah, I lived there for a while. Um, and then I ended up moving in with the Smiths at, at an apartment with them. Mm-hmm. They had a third kid and couldn't live here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want to live there anymore. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's move in together. I'll be okay. uncle. And yeah. I'll be Uncle Joey in a full house. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's how that connection happened. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then from there, yeah, it was just growth. That was it. And figuring out what discipleship looks like. and. Mm-hmm. It was a cool process, man. Um, it was it was highly punctuated when I hurt my back in 2010 because I was still pursuing firefighting mm-hmm. at that time and I was still on track for that. And uh, I remember feeling like that wasn't my calling. I didn't know what it was, but I remember thinking like, "Gosh, firefighting is not where I'm supposed to be, but it's all I know. It's mm-hmm. all my education. I'm gonna do it." And I remember. <laughs> I remember telling my men's group, I said, I think, like, if God wants me to do something else, he's going to have to hurt me. <laughs> oh, and then you're back. <laughs> and then I blew my back up. Yeah. Moving a huge patient, like an 800-pound dude. What? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you hurt your back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I was working on ambulances again. Yeah. And moving people around. And, and we had this, uh, this bariatric ambulance, which was made for giant people. Mm-hmm. And my record was a 980-pound guy. But the guy that hurt me was, like, in the high sevens or low eights. Here in the barrier. Yeah. Somewhere. Oh, they're everywhere. You don't see them out because they can't... Yeah, because they can't get out. They can't get through the door most of the time. Oh, they're, wow. They're everywhere. Yeah. There's a huge number of people that are that way. Dang. Okay. Yeah, sort of. It's, it's super sad. I you know, I saw more of them than, than I'd ever care to remember, but... yeah. This one in particular, just the, the way he was positioned and the way I was, it was bad, is bad everything. Mm-hmm. And I crushed my L5 and I, I split the L4, the disc between them. You guys were lifting him? Yeah. Not even lifting him, just, just reducing enough friction to slide him over. But I was on the reaching side, so I had to pick up and push over. And it was mm-hmm. that lean that, bam. Mm. Um,. And so, yeah, I, I, I felt something like like a twinge, you know, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, gosh, like that's going to hurt for a couple of weeks. You know, I've done that before. No mm-hmm. big deal. And then yeah. the next morning I couldn't walk. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, this is worse mm-hmm. <laughs> than before. Like, you know, in the, in the medical world, they want you to rate your pain from 1 to 10. Mm-hmm. And I, I always say that I'll never admit to a 10. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. I think only wusses admit to ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was like that nine just kept yeah, getting higher was, and yeah. higher. It was so bad. You want to cry? Mm. Yeah, there's there's no comfortable position. Yeah, all I could, all I could do is lay in bed and cry. That was it, and like moan. Yeah, and take handfuls of like whatever I could get a hold of that I yeah. thought wouldn't kill me, and then drink wine right after it <laughs> and try to <laughs> try to go to sleep or for a couple weeks. Yeah. And then wow. finally, I was like, I gotta go in, and and I saw the doctor, and the doctor said, "Holy crap, you're lucky you're not paralyzed. Like, we need to get you, like, drugged, 
immobile, don't move, pee in a jar, two months, you're not moving. Oh, dang. How'd uh, you get to the hospital? Ryan took you? The first, the first day I drove myself. <laughs> <laughs> in my Jeep. It's a stick. I could that barely, was, I could was, barely move my legs. That must it, have killed you. Oh my god! I, yeah, it was the worst thing. I, I don't even want to think about it. Oh my god! I can't even imagine. So bad. <laughs> wow. And okay. I refused to use crutches. I'm such a prideful turd. <laughs> I would not use crutches. I made a staff that I would like Moses, like I would lean on my staff as I was walking. It's so I still have it, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case. You know, you have to call people around here. Yeah. Okay. So that, you know, I went through nine cortisone shots and, you know, maybe six months into it, wasn't getting any better, still excruciating. Mm -hmm. I was taking horse morphine, like just fat. Morphine wasn't enough. I have a high tolerance for opiates, apparently. Okay. So they would give me, oh, let me give you some of this. And I say, it's not working. They'd give me a bigger one. It's not working. Okay, here's 40 milligram morphine pills. And I say that kind of worked, but not really. It's, okay, well, take it with this other, this Dilaudid too. Take it because this will make it stronger. It's like ten just, times that. Just racking you up with. Oh, I was meds. choking down opiates like crazy, and then I would drink uh, red wine with it, which they said you're not supposed to do because it makes it more potent. So that you didn't get <laughs> addicted to that stuff. No. Yeah. No, I'm not really addictive either. Um, this, as soon as I thought I could, I could get away with not. Using the drugs, I stopped. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, man, I'm glad I had them, because I didn't sleep for weeks. I just lay in one spot, mm-hmm. just trying not to hurt. Mm-hmm. It was super humbling, I remember, when I, I, w- I was going to go out, and I couldn't reach my feet. And, you know, I was supposed to be this big fireman hero, right? Mm-hmm. And I was having a Dara, who was, like, eight at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I had her put my socks on for me oh wow and like can you can you tie my shoes but tie them loose so i can get them off on my own and i was like what the heck is this mm-hmm. like that was that was a real challenge yeah and i felt like that that idol of firefighting was being stripped off mm-hmm. because I, I as it turns out as time went on they say that i'm 33 percent disabled and basically ineligible now to apply for a certain category of jobs, legally, mm-hmm. medical-wise, whatever. I think 33 is too much. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> since then, I've been determined. Like, I'm going to be the most capable 66% man <laughs> that you've ever met. Yeah. Forget that. But anyway, so that firefighting was gone. And I remember, I was standing right here at the time, and I remember, like, thinking... Okay, like it's kind of a relief in some ways. Mm. Like I can let this go. Like so strange to be thinking that. Yeah. That my life's dream w- was being crushed, and I was actually feeling like at peace with it. Oh, I can finally let it go. Maybe now I can submit <laughs> to God's plan for me. Mm. And I was almost thankful for it in a weird way. Yeah. And and I'm, it still hurts. You know, physically. Mm-hmm. You know, just doing a houseboating trip. <laughs> yeah, took a toll a little bit. Sounds like anchoring good. boats and yeah. So I, I've got the Aleve handy and mm-hmm. I know all the stretches and I've got one of these tables you hang by your feet. And yeah. Okay. I know what to do. I do a lot of core training, mm-hmm. a lot of leg training. Yeah. I see some of your before your post. Your 
create those light presses. I'm like, yeah, that's. I'm gonna be as strong as I can for as long as I can. This yeah. this is what will get me. I'm I'm almost sure of it. That there's probably gonna be a time when I do something, and it's gonna blow up again, mm-hmm. and that'll be the that'll be the big surgery or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. in, until then, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try not to let that happen. Yeah. But I'm gonna do as much as I can until then. Yeah. And I, that's also part of the reason I'm, I won't do, you know, like the CrossFit type workouts, mm-hmm. the deadlifts. You know that that's a red zone for me that, yeah. that yeah, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That's a, uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny as you're on a side note, as you're, as you're just talking about what's been going on, like, it's funny. Cause I, I feel like we've been like circling each other because, <laughs> cause I lived in foster city for six years. Oh Yeah. And then I was going to this church here, and to know that you were at those apartments across the street, this oh, is, wow. this is funny. This one right here? The yeah, the little white, white steeple. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's, that's funny. That's, the Hershes went, went there, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, we came from there, yeah. And so it's just funny, like, you're here telling me the stories. I'm like, we're kind of, like, circling each other. That's funny. And so. And then we made it resonate. Yeah. And so, well, speaking of, <laughs> like, you, you, yeah. you're, you're at the church down the street. And you were yep. there for a while. They shaped you. You can tell that God, it sounds like God has just been um, forming you. Yeah. Um, getting you in, in line with with a lot of things that, you know, a lot of questions answered. It seems like he was just, um, like, you knew he, he wanted you there. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, you and I met. Yeah. Right. So what happened in between that? So, yeah, there's a almost an eight-year stretch there yeah and you know i i grew a lot in eight years Mm -hmm. and and i started to explore what i felt was a calling Mm -hmm. because everywhere i went people were you know inviting me into leadership roles Mm -hmm. in the church yeah okay teaching high schoolers teaching kids hey can you lead this can you lead that uh, can you lead the Awana, you know, uh, grade school, the TNT boys? Mm-hmm. Can you do that? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I just kept getting invited to things, and I just kept saying yes. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my policy for a while, was just to say yes to whatever. And, f- you know, find out what God wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed that so much. And just serving in those different ways was really cool. Um but I started to get to a point in, in my own walk where I, f- I felt like I was doing a lot, but that I'd, I'd hit a ceiling in my growth personally. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't maturing more. I wasn't learning a lot more. And, and at, at the church that I was at, the congregation was starting to thin out, and mm-hmm. a lot of the men had gone, and, and it was kind of a remnant left there which 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 part of me is like this stubborn i'm not going you know i'll be here till the end Mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah but i kept feeling this pressure building in me and this is what i'm talking about i feel now Mm -hmm. and it's like it's it's an uncomfortableness because i know i i knew that like ah, i feel like something's gonna change like God wants me to do something, He wants me to go somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know what He wants me to do. It's just really awkward. Mm-hmm. And I was in that spot for about a year. And I there was a one of our 
TNT boys uh, named Josiah Montiel. And he, I think at the time he was like in fourth grade. Maybe fifth grade. And he was getting baptized at Resonate. Okay. And this was when Resonate was at the adult school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he invited me to come watch it on a Sunday. So I was like, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll come watch you get baptized. That's yeah. great. He came to the Awana program. That's, so he, on Wednesday nights we did Awana, which other kids from other churches yeah. came to. Yeah. And so he was that's okay. And I went to Resonate. And I remember Jackson was preaching. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, wow, that was a really deep <laughs> heavy message mm-hmm. like these people like they stick around for this every week like that was hard like I, I was really like I don't remember what he talked about but I remember it being like one of those just like oh oh sorry punched my own microphone it was one of those like bang 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 messages yeah. and um you know the the worship was powerful mm-hmm. you know I love that the lights were off and I, I saw some men there that I'd known just from here and there. Mm-hmm. And then the baptisms were happening in the parking lot in that little kid pool. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those Sundays when like four people came out of the crowd. Yeah, okay. And wanted to be baptized spontaneously. And I remember standing there just in tears. Mm-hmm. Just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, it scared me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy cow, like I haven't. You know, that was the spirit of God. I was witnessing God moving in that place. Mm-hmm. And it scared me a little bit because I hadn't really experienced that but a couple times before. And it wasn't at a at a, a church. It was mm-hmm. at like a conference, the, yeah. you know, promise keepers and stuff. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, so I went back to my church and we were in term looking for a, a pastor. You know, Ed had retired and mm-hmm. we were looking for a new one. And it was just... Not a lot of energy, and I, I just was, I was so hungry, and I, I wanted that growth. I wanted that whatever was happening there. Mm-hmm. God was there. I wanted to find that, and it took me a year of, of struggling and hanging on, and kind of being stubborn yeah. in a lot of ways, and yep. just resisting to where I was like, "Gosh, like I, I have to go see it again." Mm-hmm. And it's not like. I mean, I, I don't want to pump resonate like it's this, it's the only church in the world or whatever. But for me, it was, it was the one that I'd experienced. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was feeling a draw to, to go there again. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I, in, in the morning, I went to first service, okay. had to find the church because it moved. I was like, where, where are they? I thought it was, this must be a different place. Oh, well, whatever. I'll check it out. And it turned out to be the same. It was resonate. It was just. American high school now. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the first week. And they're just like, yes, this is it. I, f- I feel that again. Like there's this confirmation in my soul that I belong in this seat right now. Mm-hmm. And the message was great. The worship was great. I saw people I knew mm-hmm. <laughs> again. Yeah. And then I went back to, you know, the other church under the, under the radar. Mm-hmm. I was two timing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. Uh, and then uh, I think the third week that I came was the MC Expo. Okay. And they're talking about small groups, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna join one of these. Like this, I think this is what I need. This is that because they sold it as this is the discipleship engine. Mm-hmm. You know, the ecosystem, the fruits of the spirit. Like mm-hmm. this is how we do it. 
iron sharpening iron like yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. a good it was a good pitch you know mm-hmm. and i believed it and it was exactly that and that's that's when i i signed up for an mc even though i was still in leadership at my old church and i'd, I'd made the decision at that point like okay i have to start kind of untethering some things and mm-hmm. and trying to not just abandon things but make sure stuff was kind of buttoned up mm-hmm. and i made the move and i i'm yeah i met you two weeks after that okay. <laughs> at, uh, at suju's on stevenson yeah what were you thinking going into that like, In, into the mc like just up until that saturday like like where's there like what am i what like ideas of what what to expect were you i didn't know okay yeah i didn't i mean i knew what i'd been told about what what the purpose of mcs are and that you know this is how we do discipleship mm-hmm. and you know if you want to grow this is how our church does it mm-hmm. you come to these mcs you're going to be challenged you know the, the standard set of things that you do at an mc mm-hmm. you, you go through scripture and you point at each other and you say what does this mean for you mm-hmm and you you really talk about it, mm-hmm. and that's what I was missing. I needed that. And that's what I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh. that when because we, we already had our group pretty much like we were already meeting. We already knew everybody that was yeah. in our group, and so when we got the new name dropped in. Yeah, you know Matt Knutson and I were like, "Who's Ryan Weber?" I remember Matt called me. Yeah, yeah. I had him call you just to talk. Hey, Matt. He's cool. Yeah. I was like, wow, but this, the, this guy called me. That's crazy. Like, yeah. they actually want me there? Yeah, just to, like, <laughs> just to, like then he, have a conversation. He, he invited me out to coffee. Mm-hmm. We met up at, at the Starbucks on Maori. Okay, yeah. Like, a couple nights before the MC. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of meet me and figure out. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. I, yeah. I felt, like, really, like, pursued. Yeah. I was like, this is neat. Like, they actually want me there and... I loved it. Yeah, Matt. Matt had a great heart, and uh, um, like it wasn't like a like a task to do. It was like he generally wanted to yeah. connect. Yeah. And prior to that, we were both trying to Facebook stalk you. Like, who's <laughs> who's Ryan Weber? Is this and truck driver, EMT. There's like, the- like I think we found like five <laughs> different ones, and I think he, I think he narrowed it down to to the uh, right one. But, a couple. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Is it two Bs? One B? Oh. One B, yeah, one so, B. Yeah, I remember walking in, yeah. and I mean, it was oh God. We used to meet seven, seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. I can't remember seven. I think it was. Yeah, it was early. And I remember you were there first. Yeah, I got there early. Yeah, since and that's normal. I'm like, I wonder if that's him. That's probably him. <laughs> like he's a big broy guy. He's. Like, <laughs> I don't know. What's he gonna do? He, he had like a Dickies jacket on. And yep. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I had a goatee, yeah. a monster truck hat, yeah. and a Dickies jacket on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm like, oh man, here goes little old me. Oh. But it was great. Like that first conversation was. I mean, I still remember it. Yeah. Um, not knowing where things were going to lead to after that. Yeah. But it was great. I loved being in an MC with you, and mm. um, I feel like all of us were challenged. I love that you were. Um, you were just open and honest. Like the first statement. You know that I want to be a disciple. Like, what? Like, who <laughs> talks like that? Like, you know, you don't. It was one I'm of those hungry. things. It was one of those things. It's like, like the moment you have with your your friend at Hobie's. It's like you just handed it Red on the carpet. Stuff. Yeah, it was just like, like is Jazer filming this? Is this a yeah. commercial for an MC? You know, that's funny. Like that's what it felt like. And but I I I did feel that you brought this 
sense of like like I want to be open and I want to be vulnerable. I want to be yeah. Um, I want to be known yeah. and not be judged for it. At the yeah. same time, I want to experience this grace. Like like I I sense that yeah within you and and so it was it was awesome you know um, having you in that that group mm. and a bunch of other people that were there too yeah well that's where I met Travis yep Taylor hopefully they're listening and yeah. you know the Knutsons yep Tim Tay was in that group when Tim he was Tay. like eighteen or yeah. something like that yeah he he wasn't gonna join an MC he just yeah like, like sign up dude just right come along sorry. Bernie uh, Bernie Martinez yeah, Bernie was, was in there group. yeah. That was a great group. Yeah, Chris Nance was in there. Yeah, Chris Lee. Nance. Lee, Lee came up. Yeah, Lee yeah. came from uh, Travis. Brian Gasicow, Alex Galang, all the yeah. That was yeah. that was a cool group, man. Yeah, that was fun. Awesome Saturday mornings. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I'd never experienced anything like that. And I was like, this is this is what I came for. This is what I needed. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and then couple years later yeah how, so how did how did <laughs> things just sort of blossom after that because actually i know Man. like you're like all over the place <laughs> yeah well you know what's funny is when i when i first started going i thought like oh this place is kind of like established mm-hmm. like they've got people doing everything like they don't need me mm-hmm. i could just like consume mm-hmm and that that lasted about two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then I I saw the thing. Oh, they need setup help, mm-hmm. and they need trailer drivers. I was mm-hmm. like, great. I drive semi trucks for a living at mm-hmm. the time. I I could drive a trailer. That's easy. So I did that. Started meeting more people and mm-hmm. uh, bumped into Marco Marquez, mm-hmm. and you know a, a friend of mine introduced me to him and said, hey, he does the Amplify, the high school middle school ministry mm-hmm. like you should talk to him because you you know they knew that i did that at my old church mm-hmm. it's like okay cool i'll talk to marco and then i met him and i was like wow like this guy is amazing <laughs> like just standing there on the on the steps you know outside the the auditorium of course he's up on top of that concrete thing mm-hmm. when i was on the ground <laughs> i think it was some kind of dominance thing he was pulling but <laughs> we'll let that go but he was just like, man, he loved these high schoolers. He yeah. loved these students. He wanted them to understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and part of me was like, gosh, I, I want to understand it like you do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Chase McVean was just uh, interning at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I met with the two of them and was like, yeah, why don't I do this amp thing too? That sounds great. Mm-hmm. And I'm still doing that it's, uh, five years later. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it just kind of came, it just kept going from there. Mm-hmm. And I, I pe- some people found out that I'm sort of useful for, like, just mechanical, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. doing things. Yeah. So I just got invited to barbecue and do this event and set that up. And Christine got me into the Make a Difference days yeah, okay. and doing projects for that. And then oh, I was loving it. How did you get into the, the stage building, like, designing the set and all that? I'd seen a couple that Kevin Oaf had put together, mm-hmm. and I, I'm into woodworking, and you know I'll I'll try to make almost anything mm-hmm. once, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you know I I met him because he was also doing amp at the time, mm-hmm. and I you know I was just asking him like, hey, who does all that? And he says, well, I do it, and you know Grace Maltzby does it, and I was like, oh, can I help? Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, sure. <laughs> And so then, you know, off off we go and yeah. I start <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
start building all these crazy giant art projects yeah, yeah. You know, every couple I months. Mean, but the, I mean, <laughs> but they make a big difference in the experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what's exciting is uh, tomorrow I'm meeting with Joshua Korn, yep. who's our creative arts director. Yeah. We're going to talk about stage art. Okay. So cool. Now I have like a, a boss. Mm-hmm. You know, like a creative arts director. Like he's actually going to help me. Yeah. Like here's, here's the feel that we want the art to communicate. Like he's going to talk like that in all mm-hmm. these artistic terms. It's really exciting to yeah. me. And we're like going to come up with beautiful things together. I can't it's wait. Like, it's like the glue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm so looking forward to that. So you guys never hung out yet, one on one yet? No. No. You're tomorrow. Gonna, tomorrow's my first yeah. date with Josh Corn. Yeah. It's going to be gonna, great. You're going to love it. I mean. Yeah. Since like day one when we connected, I mean. And he feels like he's been here for a long time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's weird. He does. Yeah. But overall, like, I mean, he's just a great guy. I mean, I, yeah. you know, Laura and Rona get along great, but, you know, Joshua and I, I mean, we had lunch, was it yesterday too? But it's just yeah. like when we talk, when we see each other at the gym now. Oh, just, yeah. He's crossfitting. He yeah, joins. He's, he's, he loves it. <laughs> I was like surprised. Like, oh, he really, he likes getting hurt. I'm like, okay, great. He can, he's you know? a gamer. He could take it. Yeah. But, I mean, he's just a great dude. Yeah, and, like, I got to know his kids a little bit over okay. the Adventure Week thing. Yeah. Cool kids, too. Has he told you about, like, how his kids have pretty much transformed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's blowing me away. Yeah. he it's He's, he's like, crying over it. I know. You know? It's like he's never seen stuff like that before. His kids love coming to church. Yeah. They can't wait. They ask him how many days it is until Sunday. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I want. I, I want, yeah. And I want them to tell them about it when they get in the car. Yeah. Here's what we did. Here's yep. what I learned. That's what's happening. That's amazing. Yeah. It's Welcome like, to California. <laughs> I know. I'm so yeah, glad that worked out. He's, he's, <laughs> he's learning a bunch of like weird cultural things with us. But, I know. He had boba the other yep. day. And <laughs> it's yep. a big deal. Apparently, he doesn't like spam, which I'm sure he'll... Yeah, I know. I learned that, too. And yeah. I'm like, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a mark. <laughs> he'll grow into it. That's, it's okay. I, I'm going to have to learn to forgive him for that. But I'll plug in a servant to him someday and... <laughs> Sneak it in there. See what happens when he eats it. Oh, gosh. So you're... When you were getting more involved, at what yeah. point did you get into becoming... Like, getting on as staff? Right. So that... Yeah, that's a weird... Yeah, how do you go from trucker or fireman mm-hmm. to staff member at a church? Yeah. Um, so I was... I was digging a hole in the back of Ryan Kwan's house. Mm-hmm. He was going to have... He he, had, did he know that? He, he knew it. Okay, yeah, he invited right, okay. me. <laughs> but I brought a machine from work, a little excavator, mm-hmm. and he wanted to do this kind of coy, like a waterfall, French drain sort of thing, but he needed a big hole for it. So mm-hmm. I said, I'll bring a machine. I'll dig a hole in your yard. Great. Mm-hmm. So I did. And then after that, we went out to lunch. And uh, I remember just talking to him about like just life direction and I was kind of new to resonate still mm-hmm. and, and still kind of feeling this like like you know, God's taking me somewhere I don't know what it is but I want to learn I want to find out I'm willing mm-hmm. I just don't know and he just says kind of like well what would you think about like interning for a year I was like I'm like how old was I I was 30 mm-hmm. so interning <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that I can have a job mm-hmm. grown up <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I can't intern not, not out of college. And in in the classic phrasing that he says, he says things. He says, "Well, you know what? If, if you want it, you'll figure it out." And I was like, "Damn it! Now I got to figure it now out." You got to walk like, back, thinking like, "What is he? What is he?" Saying? I do want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I do want it. And, uh, you know, I took, I told him, well, let me, give me a week. Can I have a week? And he's like, great, take a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during that week, I just weighed some things out. And I was like, I don't know how I can make this work because it's going to take this much time away from my work. My job is full time. Like, I can't leave it. Am I going to have to get another job? Like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I concocted this ideal plan that, my one job will let me work part-time for a year while I intern, and I can go all in interning for a year and then go back to the job after a year. Great. And I said, that's not going to happen, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So I, I'm praying about it, and I, I was like, all right, I'll just I'll shoot an email to my boss and whatever, see what happens. Mm-hmm. The next day, I'm in uh, uh, the Sun State branch in Warm Springs, and there's this tall bald guy standing in the office mm-hmm. and he looks at me he says are you ryan i was like crap <laughs> <laughs> how much do i owe you <laughs> every for some reason every boss like big boss at that company is tall and bald so when you see one of these guys you assume he's in charge of something mm-hmm. so okay i was like oh gosh and he says hey you're uh like my name is um i think it was alan and i'm the uh operations director for the western united states for sun state equipment basically the second in command of the entire company Mm -hmm. i never met him before i haven't met him since and he said uh your boss forwarded me an email about this uh like intern kind of like a i i I presented to them as like a local mission trip sort of thing Mm -hmm. because the the language was just hard but the best way to communicate it where they would get it is like yeah i want to spend a year serving my church and he was like, "Sounds good to me. Like I, I think we uh, we're gonna do everything we can to accommodate this for you." Oh wow! And he said, "I want you to get with your branch manager here. Tell them the deal. Get with the dispatch. Uh, tell them like when you can work and all that. We'll work around the schedule, but we we definitely want you to pursue this. Oh dang! For the year. Okay. And I was like, "Oh crap! Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm actually gonna do this." Yeah. So I, I texted Quan, and I said, all, all I said was, hey, I, uh, I don't need a whole week. Like, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I remember other people at the office heard him, like, yell or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weber's going to intern. I'm like, what? He's old. He can't intern. He's like, don't worry about it. He's coming anyway. It's going to yeah. be great. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was like, they're their new favorite guy for a year mm-hmm. interning i did everything man I, I showed up to everywhere i could you know i was technically under amplify with, with chase as mm-hmm. a as an int but i did everything yeah. i didn't i was like i'm gonna do everything i can for a year because mm-hmm. the clock is ticking i won't have another year like this mm-hmm. and then uh that's when i came up with that that stinking easter party that was great <laughs> we'll get into that that's more traumatic than anything else <laughs> It was fun while it was happening. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just did everything. Make a difference days and Easter party stuff. Mm-hmm. Every amp thing I showed up to. It was so great. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the year was coming to an end. And, you know, I was assuming, like, okay, I got to make good on what I said and go back to trucking full time and, mm-hmm. you know say this this was a fun year thanks guys mm-hmm. and then uh jackson and jen haya invited me in and they offered me a job and they said we want you to 
teach kids uh, in the grade school ministry on Sundays. We want you to run for the city events and build stage sets. And we want to pay you full time to do that. And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me yeah. think about it. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and oh, that was so cool. But there, there was still being single, <laughs> living alone, Bay Area. Mm-hmm. There's a certain cost involved with doing that. Yeah. Um, and and I I'd, I still needed some income. Mm-hmm. And this is where I was like, okay, I'm just gonna shoot another email. Mm-hmm. And I I just like shot for the moon and just said, yeah. hey, Sun State. So <laughs> about the year thing. Uh, I want it to be forever, (laughs) (laughs) and um, I want to actually work less hours irregularly. You know, like I, I kind of just want to call you guys and tell you when I can work. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How's that sound? (laughs) And they're like, "I don't see any reason why we can't do that. That's fine. (laughs) Fine. Okay. Whatever. Wow. I should have asked for more. (laughs) And I think they gave me a raise right after that too. Oh, what? And the whole thing is ridiculous because yeah. right now, out of about 5,000 drivers that work for this company, I am the only guy that, like, tomorrow's Thursday. I'm, I'm going to send him a text tomorrow and say, hey, I'm, I'm good to work Friday and Monday, um, but I'm going to take Saturday off. Like, normally, I try to work Saturdays because that's kind of sweet for them, mm-hmm. but I'm taking it off because i got other stuff going, and they'll thank me. I'm like I'm totally abusing you guys, but mm-hmm. and they'll thank me. Hey, thanks for your help over the weekend. Yeah, that was great. I'm like, okay, you're welcome. Huh. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You're paying me to just totally take advantage of this in every way. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing now. So I work. You know, I, I run the children's ministry. I I don't. I passed off a lot of for the city stuff because mm-hmm. I found like schedule wise they were conflicting a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I'd have two events on the same weekend. Yeah. It's like crazy. Yeah. But I I build the sets and run the grade school ministry and drive trucks in the cracks yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing it's like it's like 10 years ago you probably wouldn't have imagined this no i would have said you're crazy they wouldn't let me work at a church are you kidding i don't know anything yeah who am i yeah i love it but it, it sounds like yeah listening to your story i mean i knew bits and pieces of it some of the stuff i got reminded of mm. and like there's some parts that you shared that were new and it's almost like um, yeah, you're coming from nothing, and even in the midst of your suffering, you can still experience Christ. Yeah, like, and it's not as if like suffering was. Um, sometimes when we go through things, we we tend to not run towards God, or right. And it wasn't like you were just like, oh God, I need your help. But it was almost like. Like you said, you came, you had that moment in your in your house, March first, and you were still battling stuff with your ex. Yeah. Um. And, but your it sounds like your foundation and your hope was being defined. Yeah. And it was yeah. being, it was being almost solidified. Yep. You know, um, that's amazing, dude. I know. Cause you don't you don't deserve any of this. Nope. <laughs> that's you know. You know? <laughs> What what blows me away is as I grow 
to know Christ more and just understand exactly who he is and what he was mm-hmm. and who he was and you know that the words that he said on the cross he says it's finished like what did that mean mm-hmm. what what did, what did Christ mean when he said it's finished except to say that the work of redemption was finished sin was being dealt with mine was you know and and what i know of christ is that he he didn't say that out of ignorance is that he he was god mm-hmm. and he had the knowledge of god and when he's saying it's finished he knows exactly the measure of sin mm-hmm. that he's he's giving his life for yeah it's not like like a, a bottomless bucket you know, that we just chuck sin blindly into mm-hmm. and it disappears. It says God forgets it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he didn't know a, a, an exact accounting mm-hmm. <laughs> of yeah. every sin that I've ever committed, every sin that I will commit, was all right in front of his face. You know, the omniscience of God doesn't have to think about, oh, wait, how many? Like, he knows. Mm-hmm. And when when I've tr- I often tried to remember, you know, my own sin, just measure it with myself. And I, I can't consciously remember mm-hmm. maybe 0.01% of the worst of my sins. Mm-hmm. You know, including directly cursing Christ himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, with my mouth. Yeah. Blasphemy. And to think that, that he had that he had that the the sin that I can remember plus all the rest of it in front of his face, mm-hmm. and he says it's finished. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, what a ripoff! Like he's paying his blood. Mm-hmm. The the most precious thing that's ever existed on earth is the blood of Christ, mm-hmm. and he's he's bidding that on me. Mm-hmm. He could in and it he could have bid a penny, and it would have been a ripoff. Yeah, and now he takes that tongue. And uses it to teach grade school kids mm-hmm. about how amazing the gospel is. Mm-hmm. He, he has a sense of humor too, right? Yeah. I mean, that, isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. Of all people, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the one that, that parents are trusting mm-hmm. to deliver this good news to their kids. Hopefully, still. <laughs> after, yeah. after this. It sounds like it is so far. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it is amazing because it's like, I mean, we can look at you and think, yeah, Ryan is a great guy. He is gifted. He has certain strengths and abilities. And but you know the sins of your heart. You know. Yeah. You know the things that you wrestle with and that are like, like, you know, like oh, I can't believe I even thought that or felt that or did oh, that. Know. You know. And yet God still uses you. You know. I'm still. Yeah. And, and incredibly prideful mm-hmm. and selfish, self-absorbed person. Yeah. You know, I, I trip over my own ego yeah. constantly, like, like a blind person without a cane. Mm-hmm. And there's... It, it's interesting that the, the further you go, you, you would think that... And it's, it's weird, because... I'm better than I was yesterday. 
and and I'll be better t- tomorrow than I am today. Mm-hmm. Like this process of redemption is continuing, and I'm growing. Mm-hmm. But when it, when it comes to this whole Christian thing, it's not like you get better at it. It it's it almost seems like the further you get, the more of your own ineptitude, mm-hmm. and the more of your own sin that you actually unearth, mm-hmm. you discover the the weight of what you've been forgiven for. Because I'll sin tomorrow. Yeah, I'll sin tonight. And I'm I'm constantly like like this excavation, discovering like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the the weight of what I've been forgiven for just gets heavier, mm-hmm. and I get more humbled, <laughs> and and to know that those the words that he said that it's finished only encompass more and more and more that only gets more significant in my eyes. Yeah, and I mean that's. While I'm growing, I'm also realizing how far away I am. You know, and and the times when I've thought I'm really close, I realize I was a fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know anything. Ten years from now, I'll think I'm a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. the the forty seven year old version of me will will probably listen to this mm-hmm. and say, "You're so silly. If only you knew." You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. I, thanks for putting yourself out there in a way that's like, yeah. You just you're you want people to know not of your greatness, but yeah. That even even in a life like yours, that that there's hope. Well, and and you know the 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 latest current event with me is I've started dating again mm-hmm. after you know ten years of being terrified of the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm not doing that again, you know. I, I I discovered through other means that that she had moved on, you know, and and actually has a kid, and I hope that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of freed me up in my mind, you know, and started dating again. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm with a great gal right now. I hope she's listening. She probably is, mm-hmm. but she's amazing. And she's heard. Yeah, she seems like it. She's heard. Well, hopefully she's heard all this. But I've I've told her the summary of that, and yeah. you know she's. It it humbles me, that that she would know these things, mm-hmm. and still spend time with me and look forward to it, mm-hmm. and actually want to grow and and in her language to begin building something. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like that's, that's part of this pressure that I'm feeling. Is that I? I feel like there's a there's a dad in me, and there's a husband in me, mm-hmm. and I, I I'm really excited to begin taking steps in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think uh, one of the greatest ministries that any man can have is marriage mm-hmm. and fatherhood, yeah. and you know, and, and I'm, I experience fatherhood in a lot of ways already, mm-hmm. clearly, because I feel like I have. 200 kids and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> a lot of these kids I, I I think of as my own children and mm-hmm. I tell them that I mean they're, they're precious to me mm-hmm. I would do anything for them but there there's you know your own family is kind of another another step on the way yeah I feel like that's part of my calling yeah and 
not to get super weak. You now, her and I have talked about it, so I'm not going to freak her out. Like, oh, he's so serious. Like, know. you know, is he talking about <laughs> like, husband and dad? I mean, no, like, n- neither of us are under illusions that we're just <laughs> dating for fun. Like, yeah. we're shopping for spouses. I don't, I don't know if we have found them. You know, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's that's my goal. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. You guys had a DTR moment. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about exploring what that could look like. Yeah, you okay. know, and it's it's exciting. I don't know what's next. Yeah. Church-wise, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the heck out of what I'm doing. And I, I'm going to keep learning. Yeah. And keep accepting whatever open doors and invitations are ahead of me. Yeah. And keep recording stories like this. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Keep doing it, man. Yeah. Keep doing it. I, I'm encouraged by, by you. And, and yeah, this, this platform here... Um, the impact you've had that God has done through you at Resonate Church um, and just having you as a friend like you blessed me thank you I mean you built me a, a drum box I mean I was like the coolest <laughs> thing that's right you know I yeah. did <laughs> I was like wow I wasn't expecting this you even delivered it to my house I, was, I know it was kind of out of the blue too yeah. I was like wow that's this is cool you actually spent time yeah so that was great man yeah, it's a cool looking box too. I've, yeah. I've never made another one like that. It was fun. <laughs> it's even smaller. <laughs> yeah, I made a custom. So my, my legs don't have to hang off the edge. <laughs> custom built. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts or any um, parting words, last words, sermon series? Yeah, gosh, <laughs> uh, you know, what can I say that I haven't said, except that. The most beautiful thing in this world is Christ. Yeah. I did not always believe that that was true. And I fought that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't convinced myself of this. I'm not blindly, dumbly following something fantastical because I just really want it to be true. Uh, I believe that there is a God and that Christ was Him mm-hmm. in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And that he came to this world knowing that he was going to absorb the sin of billions of people who would call him God. And unfortunately, there's a lot that won't. And for whatever reason, at at breakfast on that day, (laughs) I I was flicked in the back of the head and and he just let me see him. And I'm, I'm humbled, I'm privileged that he would see fit to commission me as somebody who gets to tell people mm-hmm. about him. And at this point, I get to be the voice that represents Christ to the most impressionable, like the youngest of any of us. Yeah. These these little ones mm-hmm. are put into my care. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's impossible unless Christ is real. Yeah. This doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> this is impossible. Yeah, that's the only way I could say it. And for for any anyone who is listening, you know, who's heard something different today, that's not an accident. You know, I, I think God speaks even through donkeys like me. Hmm. And hopefully, something I've said today has done that for someone. Yeah. And then hopefully, things that He leads me to say in the future will do the same. Yeah. I want to see where this goes. Yeah. Come with me. <laughs> yeah. no, amen to that. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, sir.
Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it finally cooled off a little bit. Yeah, it did. It's not... I don't know where Lily went. She gave up. She said she was done. Yep, tapped. Yeah. Well, this was fun, man. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed our conversation. I hope everybody else that's listening did, too. And, right on. Um, once again, I'm blessed by you. Thank you. Thank you. Here, no high five out here. There we you go. The there Very go. nice. Hey. Hey, guys. All right. I'm cool. pushing. All right. I'm pushing the stop Thanks. button. Here it is. All right. Well, there you go. The interview is done. It's in. I did it. I feel such a relief (laughs) having that done. And that was a long one. That was a two and a half hour one. So those of you who trudged through the whole thing, congratulations, you survived. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, it's my hope that these stories are an encouragement to believers and non-believers alike. That uh, just hearing what Jesus looks like through the perspective of real people would just uh, lead you to see him more clearly. Uh, you can follow the show, please, on Facebook. Look for the Great Stories Podcast there. Go ahead and give it a five-star rating or a thumbs up and a good comment on the Stitcher, Apple Podcast, wherever you, whatever platform you're streaming from. Just go ahead and give me a good good vote up there. and It'll help the show come up quicker as people are searching for new shows to watch or listen to. Uh, and, of course, if you have any comments on the show or if you want to be on it yourself, please shoot me an email at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Oh, well, hi, you're still listening, which means either you knew this was coming or you accidentally left your player on longer than you should have. Well, you have discovered my Easter egg portion of the show. This is just something fun that I do. Uh, Sometimes I talk about serious things. Sometimes I talk about goofy things. Uh, One way or another, uh, you're going to hear something. So I got a special request today. Uh, Sometimes in, in the course of truck driving, I take on little fun projects and one of them I decided one time I wanted to learn how to do the voice of Gollum uh, from Lord of the Rings and I've kicked around the idea of becoming a voice actor or a voiceover person and I just thought it'd be fun so I learned how to do the Gollum so I'm gonna do Gollum here it's super embarrassing and if you still if you don't want to hear it don't hear it but I'm gonna do it right now so it starts with (laughs) with a little the funny voice <laughs> precious uh, one of my favorite lines he's talking to uh, not not Bilbo what's, what's the little hobbit what's his name um, the fat hobbit dang it anyway he says <laughs> give it to me you stupid fat hobbit <laughs> we want it
All right, I'm losing it. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> Good night.